Sahih Muslim. This is a collection of hadith by Imam Muslim. The English translation is by Nasiruddin al Khattab. This audio is narrated by QNS Academy. The Book of Hajj. Chapter on what one who has entered ihram for Hajj or Umrah is permitted to wear, and what is not permissible, and perfume is forbidden for him. It was narrated from Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, that a man asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, what clothes may the Muhrim wear? The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Do not wear shirts, turbans, trousers, burnus, or khuf, except for one who cannot find sandals, in which case he may wear khuf, but he should cut them so that they come lower than the ankles, and do not wear any clothes that have been dyed with saffron or wars. It was narrated from Salim that his father, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, was asked, What may the pilgrim in Ihram wear? He said, the pilgrim in Ihram should not wear a shirt, or a turban, or a burnous, or trousers, or any garment that has been dyed with wars, or saffron, or khuf, unless he cannot find any sandals, in which case he should cut them so that they come lower than the ankles. It was narrated that Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, forbade the pilgrim in Ihram to wear any garment dyed with saffron or wars. And he said, Whoever cannot find any sandals, let him wear khuf and cut them so that they come lower than the ankles. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, When delivering a khutbah, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Trousers for the one who cannot find an izar and khuf for the one who cannot find sandals, referring to the pilgrim in Ihram. It was narrated from Amr bin Dinar with his chain that he, Ibn Abbas, heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, deliver a khutbah in Arafat, and he mentioned this hadith, a hadith similar to number 2794. It was narrated from Amr bin Dinar with his chain, a hadith similar to number 2794, but none of them, the narrators, mentioned that he was delivering a khutbah in Arafat, except Shubah alone. It was narrated that Jabir, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, Whoever cannot find any sandals, let him wear khuf. And whoever cannot find an idhar, let him wear trousers. It was narrated from Safwan bin Ya'la bin Munya that his father, may Allah be pleased with them, said, A man came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, wearing a juba, on which was some khuluq, a kind of perfume, or, he said, traces of sufra. While he was at al-Jiranah, he said, what do you command me to do during my Umrah? The revelation came upon the Prophet, peace be upon him, so he was covered with a garment. Yarla used to say, I wish that I could see the Prophet, peace be upon him, when the revelation comes upon him. He, Umar bin al-Khattab, said, 
Would you like to see the Prophet, peace be upon him, when the revelation has come upon him? Umar lifted the edge of the garment, and I saw him breathing deeply. When it was over, he, peace be upon him, said, Where is the one who was asking about Umrah? Wash the traces of Sufra. Or he said, The traces of Khuluq. From you and take off your juba, and do in your Umrah what you would do in your Hajj. It was narrated from Safwan bin Yarla that his father said, A man came to Prophet, peace be upon him, wearing a juba and perfumed with khuluq. When he was in al-Jinarah, and I was with the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, I have entered ihram from Umrah, wearing this, and I have perfumed myself with khuluq. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, What would you do in your hajj? He said, I would take off this garment and wash off this khuluq. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, What you would do in your hajj, do in your umrah. Safwan bin Ya'la bin Umayyah narrated that Ya'la used to say to Umar bin al-Khattab, May Allah be pleased with them, Would that I could see the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, while the revelation comes to him. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, was at al-Ji'narah, and there was a cloth over the Prophet, peace be upon him, with which he was being shaded, and some of his companions, including Umar, were with him. A man came to him wearing a woolen juba that was daubed with perfume. He said, O Messenger of Allah, what do you think of a man who enters ihram for Umrah wearing a juba after daubing it with perfume? The Prophet, peace be upon him, looked at him for a moment. Then he fell silent. The revelation came to him, and Umar gestured to Ya'la bin Umayyah, telling him to come. Ya'la came, and he put his head in, and he saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, red in the face and breathing deeply. Then he was relieved of that, and he said, Where is the one who asked me about Umrah just now? The man was sought and brought, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, As for the perfume that is on you, wash it off three times. And as for the jubba, take it off. Then do in your umrah what you would do in your hajj. It was narrated from Safwan bin Ya'la bin Umayyah from his father, may Allah be pleased with them, that a man came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, when he was at al-Jiranah. He had entered ihram for umrah, and he had put sufra, khuluq, in his hair and beard, and was wearing a juba. He said, O Messenger of Allah, I have entered ihram for Umrah, and I am as you see. He said, Take off the juba and wash off the sufrah, and what you would do in your hajj, do it in your Umrah. Safwan bin Ya'la narrated that his father, may Allah be pleased with them, said, We were with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and a man came to him wearing a juba and wearing traces of khuluq. He said, O Messenger of Allah, I entered ihram for Umrah. What should I do? He remained silent and did not answer him. Umar used to cover him with the revelation came upon him, to shade him. I said to Umar, May Allah be pleased with them. I would like, when the revelation comes upon him, to put my head under the cloth with him. When the revelation came upon him, Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, covered him with the cloth. And I came, 
and put my head under the cloth with him, and I looked at him. When it was over, he said, Where is the one who was asking about Umrah just now? The man stood up, and he said, Take off your jubah and wash off the traces of khuluq that are on you, and do in your Umrah what you would do in your hajj. Chapter on the Mawaqeet of Hajj It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, defined the miqat of the people of Al-Madinah as the Hulayfa, that of the people of Asham as Al-Juhfa, that of the people of Najd as Qarn al-Manazil, and that of the people of Yemen as Yalamlam. And he said, and these mawaqid are for the people at those very places, and besides them for those who come through those places with the intention of performing hajj and umrah. And whoever is living within these boundaries can begin the talbiyah from the places he starts. And the people of Mecca can start from Mecca. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, defined the miqat of the people of Al-Madinah as the Hulayfa, that of the people of Asham as Al-Juhfa, that of the people of Najd as Qarn al-Manazil, and that of the people of Yemen as Yalamlam. And he said, And these miqat are for the people at those very places, and besides them for those who come through those places with the intention of performing Hajj and Umrah. And whoever is living within these boundaries can enter Ihram from the place he starts. And the people of Mecca can start from Mecca. It was narrated from Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The people of Al-Madinah should begin the Talbiyah from Dhil-Hulayfa, the people of Asham from Al-Juhfa, and the people of Najd, from Qarn. Abdullah said, It was conveyed to me that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, And the people of Yemen should begin the Talbiyah from Yalamlam. It was narrated from Salim bin Abdullah bin Umar bin Al-Khattab, May Allah be pleased with them, that his father said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, The miqat for the people of Al-Madinah is Dhul-Hulayfa. The miqat for the people of Asham is Mahya'a, which is Al-Juhfa. And the miqat for the people of Najd is Qarn. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, And they said that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Although I did not hear that from him, and the miqat for the people of Yemen is Yalamlam. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Dinar that he heard Ibn Umar, May Allah be pleased with them, say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, commanded the people of Al-Madinah to begin the Talbiyah from Dhul-Hulayfa, the people of Asham from Al-Juhfa, and the people of Najd from Qarn. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, And I was told that he said, The people of Yemen should begin the Talbiyah from Yalamlam. Abu Az-Zubair narrated, that he heard Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, being asked about the miqat. He said, I heard. Then he stopped and said, I think he meant the Prophet, peace be upon him. 
It was narrated from Salim, from his father, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The people of Al-Madinah should begin the Talbiyah from Dhil Hulayfa. The people of Asham should enter Ihram from Al-Juhfa. And the people of Najd should begin the Talbiyah from Qarn. Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, And it was mentioned to me, although I did not hear it, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, And the people of Yemen should begin the Talbiyah from Yalamlam. Abu Az-Zubair narrated that he heard Jabir bin Abdullah being asked about the Miqat. He said, I heard, and I think he attributed it to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, the miqat of the people of Al-Madinah is from Dhil Hulayfa, and the other way is Al-Juhfa, and the miqat for the people of Al-Iraq is from Dhati Irq, and the miqat for the people of Najd is from Qarn, and the miqat for the people of Yemen is Yalamlam. Chapter on the Talbiyah, its description and timing. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar, May Allah be pleased with them that the talbiyah of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was Labbaik Allahumma labbaik Labbaik la sharika laka labbaik Inna alhamda wa ni'mada laka wal mulk la sharika lak Here I am, O Allah, here I am Here I am, you have no partner Here I am, verily all praise and grace and dominion are yours. You have no partner. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, used to add to it the words, Labbaika, 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 Wasa'adaika, Walkhayru fi yadaika, Labbaika walrurba, Ilaika walamal. Here I am, here I am, and at your service, all good is in your hands. Here I am, seeking your pleasure and striving for your sake. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, that when the camel of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stood up with him at the Masjid of Dhul Hulayfa, he would begin the Talbiyah, saying, Labbaik Allahumma labbaik, Labbaik la sharika laka labbaik, Inna alhamda wa ni'mada, laka wal mulk, la sharika lak. Here I am, O Allah, here I am, here I am, you have no partner, here I am, verily all praise and grace and dominion are yours, you have no partner. They said, and Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, used to say, this is the talbiyah of the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Nafir said, Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, used to add to this the words, Labbaika, Labbaika, Wasa'adaika, Walkhayru fi yadaika, Labbaika walrughba'u, Ilayka walamal. Here I am, here I am, and at your service, all good is in your hand. Here I am, seeking your pleasure and striving for your sake. It was narrated that Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, I learned the Talbiyah, from the mouth of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and he mentioned a similar hadith as number 2812. Salim bin Abdullah bin Umar narrated that his father, may Allah be pleased with them, said, 
I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, begin the Talbiyah, saying, لَبَّيْكَ اللَّهُمَّ لَبَّيْكَ لَبَّيْكَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَكَ لَبَّيْكَ إِنَّ الْحَمْدَ وَالنِّعْمَةَ لَكَ وَالْمُلْكَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَكَ Here I am, O Allah, here I am. Here I am, you have no partner. Here I am, verily all praise and grace and dominion are yours. You have no partner. And he did not add anything to these words. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, used to say, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to pray to Raqqa'ah in Dhul Hulayfa. Then when his camel rose up with him by the masjid of Dhul Hulayfa, he would begin the talbiyah by saying these words. Footnote Mulabidhin Having a gum-like substance applied to the head to keep the hair matted together. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, used to say, Umar bin al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with them, used to begin the talbiyah of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with these words. And he would say, Labbayka Allahumma, Labbayka, Labbayka, Labbayka wa sa'adayka, wal khayru fi yadayka, Labbayka wa rughba'u ilayka wal amal. Here I am, O Allah, here I am, here I am, here I am and at your service. All good is in your hands. Here I am, seeking your pleasure and striving for your sake. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Idolaters used to say, Labbayka la sharika lak. Here we are. You have no partner. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, would say, Woe to you. Stop there. But they would continue. Accept a partner that you have, and you control him and all that he possesses. And they would say this as they circumambulated the Garba. Chapter on the command to the people of Al Medina to enter Ihram from the Masjid at Dhil Hulayfa. It was narrated from Salim bin Abdullah that he heard his father, may Allah be pleased with them, say, this baida of yours is the one concerning which you attribute a lie to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, only began the talbiyah from the masjid, meaning at the Hulayfa. It was narrated that Salim said, when it was said to Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, that they should enter ihram from al baida He said, al baida is that concerning which you attribute a lie to the Messenger of Allah. Peace be upon him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, only began the talbiyah from beside the tree when his camels stood up with him. Chapter on clarifying that it is better to enter ihram when a person's mount sets off with him, heading towards Mecca, not straight after the two rakah. It was narrated from Rubaid bin Juraih that he said to Abdullah bin Umar, May Allah be pleased with him. O oh, Abu Abdul Rahman, I have seen you doing four things that I have not seen any of your companions doing. He said, What are they? O oh, Ibn Jurah. He said, I saw that you do not touch any of the corners of the Karba, except the two Yemeni corners, and I saw you wearing Sibtiya sandals, and I saw you applying Sufrah, and when you were in Mecca, I saw the people beginning the Talbiya when they saw the crescent. 
but you did not begin the talbiyah until the day of At-Tarwiyah. Abdullah bin Umar said, As for the corners, I did not see the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, touch any but the two Yemeni corners. As for the Sibtiya sandals, I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, wearing sandals on which there was no hair, and performing wudu in them, so I like to wear them. As for the Sufra, I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, using it, and I like to use it. As for beginning the Talbiyah, I did not see the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, begin the Talbiyah, until his mount set off with him. It was narrated that Ubaid bin Jurah said, I performed Hajj with Abdullah bin Umar bin Al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with them, twelve times between Hajj and Umrah. I said, O Abu Abdul Rahman, I saw you do four things, and he quoted a similar hadith as number 2819, except that with regard to beginning the Talbiyah, he differed from the report of Al-Maqburi, a narrator, and he mentioned something similar. It was narrated that Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, put his foot in the stirrup and his mount rose with him, he began the Talbiyah from Dhul-Hulayfa. It was narrated from Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, began the Talbiyah when his camel stood up with him. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, getting onto his mount at Dhil Hulayfa. Then he began the Talbiyah when it stood up with him. Chapter on Praying at the Masjid of Dhil Hulayfa It was narrated that Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stayed in Dhil Hulayfa overnight when starting his Hajj, and he prayed in its masjid. Chapter on It is recommended to apply perfume just before entering Ihram, and it is recommended to use musk, and it does not matter if its glistening traces remain. It was narrated from Adhuri, from Urwa, from Aisha. May Allah be pleased with her, that she said, I put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he entered Ihram, and when he exited Ihram, before circumambulating the Kaaba. Aflah bin Humayd, narrated from Al-Qasim bin Muhammad, from Aisha, the wife of Prophet, peace be upon him, who said, I put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with my hand, for his ihram, and when he exited ihram, before he circumambulated the Kaaba. It was narrated from Abdul Rahman bin Al-Qasim, from his father, from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that she said, I used to put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for Ihram, before he entered Ihram, and when he exited Ihram, before he circumambulated the Kaaba. It was narrated from Ubadullah ibn Umar, who said, I heard Al-Qasim narrate from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, who said, I put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he exited Ihram, and for his Ihram. It was narrated from Umr ibn Abdullah bin Urwa that he heard Urwa and Al-Qasim narrated from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, who said, I put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with my hand in Varida during the farewell pilgrimage, 
when he exited Ihram and for Ihram. Uthman bin Urwa narrated that his father said, I asked Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, with what did you perfume the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for his Ihram? She said, with the best of perfume. It was narrated that Uthman bin Urwa said, I heard Urwa narrating that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, I used to put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, using the best perfume that I could find before he entered Ihram. Then he entered Ihram. It was narrated from Ad-Duhak, from Abu Rijal, from his mother, from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that she said, I put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for his Ihram, when he entered Ihram, and for his exiting Ihram, before he performed the Waf al-Ifadah, using the best perfume that I could find. It was narrated from Ibrahim, from Al-Aswad, from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, who said, It is as if I can see the gleam of the perfume in the parting of the hair of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he was in Ihram. One of the narrators, Khalaf, did not say when he was in Ihram, but he said that was the perfume of his Ihram. It was narrated from Ibrahim, from Al-Aswad, from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. And she said, It is as if I can see the gleam of the perfume in the partings of the hair of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he was saying the Talbiyah. It was narrated from Abu Duha, from Mashruq, from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, who said, It is as if I can see the gleam of the perfume in the partings of the hair of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he was reciting the Talbiyah. It was narrated from Ibrahim, from Al-Aswad, and from Muslim, from Mashruq, from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, who said, It is as if I can see a hadith like that of Waqir, number 2834. It was narrated from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that she said, it is as if I can see the gleam of the perfume in the partings of the hair of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he was in Ihram. It was narrated from Al-Aswad, from his father, from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, who said, I used to look at the gleam of the perfume in the partings of hair of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he was in Ihram. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, wanted to enter Ihram, he would put on the best perfume that I could find. Then I would see the gleam of the oil on his hair and beard after that. It was narrated that Al-Aswad said, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, It is as if I can see the gleam of the perfume in the parting of hair of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he was in Ihram. A similar report as number 2839 was narrated from Al-Hasan bin Ubaidullah with this chain. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, I used to put perfume on the Prophet, peace be upon him, before he entered Ihram, and on the day of sacrifice, before he circumambulated the Kaaba using perfume that contained musk. It was narrated from Ibrahim ibn Muhammad bin al-Muntashir 
that his father said, I asked Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, about a man putting on perfume, then entering ihram in the morning. He said, I would not like to enter ihram reeking of perfume. If I were to rub pitch onto myself, that is dearer to me than doing that. Then I entered upon Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, and told her that Ibn Umar has said, I would not like to enter ihram reeking of perfume. If I were to rub pitch onto myself, that is dearer to me than doing that. Where Aisha said, I put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for his ihram. Then he went around to his wives. Then in the morning, he entered ihram. It was narrated that Ibrahim ibn Muhammad ibn al-Muntashir said, I heard my father narrating from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that she said, I used to put perfume on the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Then he would go around to his wives. Then he would enter ihram in the morning, smelling of perfume. It was narrated from Ibrahim ibn Muhammad bin al-Muntashir that his father said, I heard Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, If I were to rub pitch onto myself, that is dearer to me than entering ihram reeking of perfume. Then I entered upon Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, and told her what he had said. She said, I put perfume on the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Then he went around to his wives. Then in the morning, he entered ihram. Chapter on the prohibition of hunting game for the one who has entered ihram for hajj or for umrah or for both. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that Asarb ibn Jathamad al-Layfi gave the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, a gift of some onager meat when he was at Al-Abwa or at Waddan. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, refused it. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, saw the expression on his face, he said, We would not have refused it, except that we have entered Ihram. It was narrated from Al-Dhuhri, a hadith similar to number 2845, with this chain in which he said, I gave him a gift of some onager meat. As Malik said, in the hadith of Al-Layfi and Salih, it says that Asarb bin Jathama told him. It was narrated from Al-Dhuhri, with this chain, a hadith similar to number 2845, and he said, I gave him a gift of some onager meat. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Asarb bin Jathama gave the Prophet, peace be upon him, a gift of some onager meat when he was in Ihram. And he refused it and said, Were it not that we are in Ihram, we would have accepted it from you. It was narrated from Sa'id bin Jubair, from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, a hadith similar to number 2845. According to the report of Mansur from Al-Hakam, As-Sarb bin Jathama gave the Prophet, peace be upon him, a gift of a leg of onager. According to the report of Shurba from Al-Hakam, the rump of an onager that was dripping with blood. According to the report of Shurba from Habib, the Prophet, peace be upon him, was given a piece of onager meat, and he refused it. 
It was narrated from Far'us, from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them. He said, Zayd bin Aqab came and Abdullah bin Abbas said to him, reminding him, What did you tell me about the game meat that was given to the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him when he was in Ihram? He said, He was given a leg of game meat, but he refused it. And he, peace be upon him, said, We cannot eat it. We are in Ihram. Abu Qatada said, We went out with the Prophet, peace be upon him, and when we were in Al-Qaha, some of us were in Ihram, and some of us were not. Then I saw my companions looking at something. So I looked, and there was an onager. I saddled my horse and took up my spear. Then I mounted, and I dropped my whip. I said to my companions, who were in Ihram, Pass me the whip. They said, By Allah, we will not help you with it in any way. So I dismounted and picked it up. Then I mounted again. I caught up with the onager from behind. When it was behind a hillock, and I stabbed it with my spear and killed it, I brought it to my companions, and some of them said, Eat it, and others said, Do not eat it. The Prophet, peace be upon him, was ahead of us. So I spurred my horse on and caught up with him. And he said, It is lawful, eat it. It was narrated from Abu Qatada that he was with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And when they were partway along the road to Mecca, he lagged behind with some companions of his who were in Ihram, and he was not in Ihram. He saw an onager, so he mounted his horse and asked his companions to hand him his whip, but they refused to do so. He asked them for his spear, and they refused to give it to him. He picked it up and chased the onager and killed it, and some of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, ate from it, and some of them refused. They caught up with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and asked him about that. And he said, It is food that Allah has provided for you. A hadith like that of Abu An-Nadr, number 2852, about the onager was narrated from Abu Qatada, except that in the hadith of Zayd bin Aslam, it says that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Do you have any of its meat with you? Abdullah bin Abi Qatada said, My father set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, during the year of Al-Hudaybiyah, and his companions entered Ihram, but he did not. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was told that there was an enemy in Ghariqah. So the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, set out. He said, While I was with his companions, one of them smiled to me. I looked and there I saw an onager. So I attacked it, stabbed it, and held on to it. I asked them to help me, but they refused to do so. We ate some of its meat, and we were afraid that we would be separated from the people. So I set out to catch up with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I made my horse go fast sometimes, and slow sometimes. Then I met a man from Banu Rifar in the middle of the night, and I said, where did you meet the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him? He said, I left him in Tarhin, but he was intending to stop at As-Suqya. So I caught up with him and I said, O Messenger of Allah, 
your companions send greetings of salam and the mercy of Allah to you, and they are afraid, lest they get separated from you. So wait for them. He waited for them, and I said, O Messenger of Allah, I caught some game, and I have some of it left over. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to the people, Eat. And they were in Ihram. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Abi Qatada that his father, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, set out for Hajj, and we set out with him. He told some of his companions, among whom was Abu Qatada, to take a different route, and he said, Follow the coast until you meet me. So they followed the coast. And when they went on ahead of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, they all entered Ihram, except Abu Qatada, who did not enter Ihram. While they were traveling, they saw some onigers. So Abu Qatada pursued them and killed a female onigar. They dismounted and ate some of its meat. Then they said, We have eaten meat while we are in Ihram. So they took what was left of the meat of the female onigar. And when they reached the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, they said, O Messenger of Allah, we had entered Ihram, but Abu Qatada did not enter Ihram, and we saw some onigars. Abu Qatada pursued them and killed a female onigar, and we dismounted and ate some of its meat. Then we said, We were eating game meat while we were in Ihram, so we brought what was left of its meat. He said, Did any of you tell him to hunt it or gesture to him in any way? They said, No. He said, Then eat what is left of its meat. It was narrated from Uthman bin Abdullah bin Mawhab with this chain, a hadith similar to number 2855. According to the report of Shaiban, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Did any of you tell him to catch it or gesture to him? According to the report of Shorba, he said, Did you suggest it to him or help him to tell him to catch it? Shorba said, I do not know if he said, Did you help him? Or did you tell him to catch it? Abdullah bin Abu Qatada narrated that his father, may Allah be pleased with them, told him that he went out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the campaign of Al-Hudaybiyah. He said, They entered Ihram for Umrah, apart from me. Then I hunted an onigar, and I fed my companions who were in Ihram. Then I came to Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and told him that we had some of the leftover meat, and he said, Eat it, and they were in Ihram. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Abi Qatada, from his father, may Allah be pleased with them, that they went out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and they were in Ihram. But Abu Qatada was not, and he quoted the same hadith, number 2885, according to which, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Do you have any of it with you? They said, We have its leg. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, took it and ate it. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Abi Qatada said, Abu Qatada was with a group of people who were in Ihram, but Abu Qatada was not in Ihram. He quoted the same hadith, number 2855, according to which the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Did any of you suggest it to him or tell him to do something? They said, No, O Messenger of Allah. 
he said, then eat it. It was narrated from Mu'az ibn Abdul Rahman bin Uthman al-Taymi that his father said, we were with Talha bin Ubaidullah and we were in Ihram. He was given a cooked bird while Talha was sleeping. Some of us ate and some of us refrained. When Talha woke up, he approved of those who had eaten and said, we ate that with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Chapter on what animals it is recommended for the muhrim and others to kill inside and outside the sanctuary. Aisha, the wife of Prophet, peace be upon him, said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, There are four creatures, all of which are vermin and may be killed inside the sanctuary and outside. Kites, crows, mice, and vicious dogs. He, the narrator, said, I said to Al-Qasim, What do you think of snakes? He said, They may be killed. It was narrated from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, There are five vermin, which may be killed inside the sanctuary and outside. Snakes, crows, speckled crows, mice, vicious dogs, and kites. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, There are five vermin which may be killed in the sanctuary. Scorpions, mice, kites, crows, and vicious dogs. Hisham narrated it with this chain. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, There are five vermin which may be killed in the sanctuary. Mice, scorpions, crows, kites, and vicious dogs. It was narrated from Al-Zuhri with this chain. She, Aisha, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, ordered that five vermin be killed inside the sanctuary and outside. Then he mentioned a hadith, like that of Yazid bin Zurir, number 2865. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, there are five creatures which are all vermin and may be killed inside the sanctuary. Crows, kites, vicious dogs, scorpions, and mice. It was narrated from Salim, from his father, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, There are five for which there is no sin on the one who kills them in the sanctuary, or when he is in ihram. Mice, scorpions, crows, kites, and vicious dogs. Ibn Abi Umar said in his narration, in the sanctuary and when in Ihran. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Hafsa, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, there are five creatures, all of which are vermin, and there is no sin on the one who kills them. Scorpions, crows, kites, mice, and vicious dogs. Zad bin Jubair narrated that a man asked Ibn Umar, what creatures may the muhrim kill? He said, one of the wives of Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told that he commanded, or was commanded, that mice, scorpions, kites, vicious dogs, and crows should be killed. It was narrated that Zad bin Jubair said, 
A man asked Ibn Umar, What creatures may a man kill when he is in ihram? He said, One of the wives of the Prophet, peace be upon him, told me that he used to order that vicious dogs, mice, scorpions, kites, crows, and snakes be killed. He said, And in prayer too. It was narrated from Ibn Umar, May Allah be pleased with them, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, There are five creatures for which there is no sin on the Muhrim if he kills them. Crows, kites, scorpions, mice, and vicious dogs. Ibn Juraj said, I said to Nafir, What creatures did you hear Ibn Umar say it is permissible to kill when in ihram? Nafir said to me, Abdullah said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say, There are five creatures for which there is no sin on the one who kills them. Crows, kites, scorpions, mice, and vicious dogs. A hadith like that of Malik and Ibn Juraj, number 2873, was narrated from Ibn Umar, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. But none of them, the sub-narration said, from Nafir, from Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them. I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say, except Ibn Juraj only and Ibn Ishaq followed Ibn Juraj in that. It was narrated that Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say, There are five for which there is no sin for killing those of them that are killed in the sanctuary. And he quoted a similar report as number 2872. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Dinar that he heard Abdullah bin Umar, May Allah be pleased with them, say, There are five for which there is no sin on the one who kills them when he is in ihram. Scorpions, mice, vicious dogs, crows and kites. Chapter on It is permissible for a muhrim to shave his head if there is a problem, but it is obligatory to offer a fidya for shaving it and clarifying what the fidya is. It was narrated that Garb bin Ujrah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to me at the time of Al-Hudaybiyah, while I was lightening a fire under a kettle or pot, and lice were crawling over my face. He said, Are these vermin on your head bothering you? I said, Yes. He said, Shave your head, and fast for three days, or feed six poor persons, or offer a sacrifice. Ayyub said, I do not know with which of them he started. A similar report as number 2877 was narrated from Ayyub with this chain. It was narrated that Garb bin Urjrah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, This verse was revealed concerning me, and whosoever of you is ill or has an ailment in his scalp, necessitating shaving, he must pay aphidya, ransom, of either observing tsalm, fasts, three days, or giving sadaqah, or offering sacrifice, one sheep. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 196 I came to him, peace be upon him, and he said, Come closer. I came closer, and he said, Come closer. So I came closer. Then he, peace be upon him, said, are these vermin bothering you? One of the narrators, 
Ibn Arun said, I think he said yes. He said, and he commanded me to offer a fidya by fasting, or giving charity, or offering a sacrifice, whichever was easiest. Garb bin Urjra, may Allah be pleased with them, narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stood near him while lice were falling from his head. And he said, Are these vermin bothering you? He said, Yes. He said, Shave your head. He said, It was concerning me that this verse was revealed. And whosoever of you is ill or has an ailment in his scalp necessitating shaving, he must pay a fidya, ransom, of either observing slum, fasts, three days, or giving sadaqah, or offering sacrifice, one sheep. Quran Surah Al-Baqarah Chapter 2 Verse 196 The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to me, Fast for three days, or give a faraq, three sa'r, to be shared between six poor persons, or offer whatever you can afford as a sacrifice. It was narrated from Karab ibn Ujra, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, passed by him when he was in Al-Hudaybiyah, before he entered Mecca, and he was in Ihram, and he was lighting a fire beneath a cooking pot, with lice crawling on his face. He said, Are these vermin bothering you? He said, Yes. He said, Shave your head and give a faraq, three sar of food to be shared between six poor persons, or fast for three days, or offer a sacrifice. Ibn Abi Nadir said, or slaughter a sheep. It was narrated from Ka'ab bin Ujrah, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, passed by him at the time of Al-Hudaybiyah, and said to him, Are the vermin on your head bothering you? He said, Yes. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, Shave your head, then slaughter a sheep as a sacrifice, or fast for three days, or give three slara of dates to six poor persons. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Ma'atil said, I sat with Garb, may Allah be pleased with them, when he was in masjid, and I asked him about this verse. He must pay a fidya, ransom, of either observing salm, fasts, three days, or giving sadaqah, or offering sacrifice, one sheep. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 196 Garb, may Allah be pleased with them, said, It was revealed concerning me. I had a problem in my scalp, and I was brought to Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with lice crawling on my face. He said, I did not think that your problem had become as bad as I see it. Can you afford a sheep? I said, No. Then this verse was revealed. He must pay a fidya, ransom, of either observing salm, fasts, three days, or giving sadaqah, or offering sacrifice, one sheep. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 196 He said, Fasting for three days, or feeding six poor persons, half a sar of food for each one. 
He said, It was revealed specifically concerning me, but it applies to all of you. Ka'ab bin Ujrah, may Allah be pleased with them, narrated that he went out with Prophet, peace be upon him, in Ihram, and his head and beard were infested with lice. News of that reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he sent for him and called the barber to shave his head. Then he said to him, Do you have an animal to sacrifice? He said, I cannot afford that. So he told him to fast for three days, or to feed six poor persons, giving one slara to each two poor persons. Then Allah revealed the verse, And whosoever of you is ill, or has an ailment in his scalp, necessitating shaving. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 196 Specifically about him, then it applied to all the Muslims in general. Chapter on Cupping is Permissible for the Muhrim, Pilgrim in Ihram It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, was treated by cupping while he was a muhrim. It was narrated from Ibn Buhayna that the Prophet, peace be upon him, was treated with cupping on the way to Mecca while he was a muhrim in the middle of his head. Chapter on It is Permissible for a Muhrim to Treat His Eyes It was narrated that Nubay bin Wahab said, we went out with Aban bin Uthman, and when we were at Malal, the eyes of Umar bin Ubadullah became sore. When we were in Al-Ruha, the pain got worse. He sent word to Aban bin Uthman, asking him about that. He sent word back to him, telling him to apply aloes to them. For Uthman narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had said, Concerning a man whose eyes became sore, when he was in Ihram, that he should apply aloes to them. Nubayh bin Wahab narrated that the eyes of Umar bin Ubadullah bin Marmar became inflamed, and he wanted to apply kuhl to them. But Aban bin Uthman told him not to. He told him to apply aloes to them. And he narrated from Uthman bin Affan that the Prophet, peace be upon him, had done that. Chapter on It is Permissible for the Muhrim to Wash His Body and Head It was narrated from Ibrahim bin Abdullah bin Hunayn, from his father, that Abdullah bin Abbas and Al-Mitsawr bin Makhrama had a difference of opinion while in Al-Abwa. Abdullah bin Abbas said, The Muhrim may wash his head. And Al-Mitsawr said, The Muhrim may not wash his head. Ibn Abbas sent me to Abu Ayyub al-Ansari to ask him about it, and I found him washing himself between the two poles of a well, screened with a cloth. I greeted him with salam, and he said, Who is this? I said, I am Abdullah bin Hunayn. Abdullah bin Abbas has sent me to you to ask you how the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to wash his head while he was in Ihram. Abu Ayyub, may Allah be pleased with them, put his hand on the cloth and lowered it until his head became visible. Then he said to the person who was pouring water for him, Pour some water. He poured it onto his head. Then he rubbed his head 
with his hands, moving them forwards and backwards. Then he said, This is what I saw him, peace be upon him, doing. Zayd bin Aslam narrated it with this chain, a hadith, similar to number 2889, and said, Abu Ayyub passed his hands over his entire head, over his entire head, moving them forwards and backwards. Al-Miswar said to Ibn Abbas, I will never dispute with you again. Chapter on what should be done with a muhrim if he dies. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that a man fell from his camel, and his neck was broken, and he died. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Wash him with water, and low tree leaves, and shroud him in his two garments, but do not cover his head, for Allah will raise him on the day of resurrection, reciting the Talbiyah. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, said, While a man was standing with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, at Arafah, he fell from his mount. One of the narrators, Ayyub said, and it broke his neck. Mention of that was made to Prophet, peace be upon him, and he said, Wash him with water and lotus leaves, and shroud him in his two garments, but do not put Hanuth on him, nor cover his head, for Allah will raise him on the day of resurrection, reciting the Talbiyah. Footnote Hanuth, a mixture of perfumes used for embalming the dead. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that a man was standing with the Prophet, peace be upon him, while he was in Ihram, and he mentioned a report similar to that of Hamad from Ayyub, number 2892. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, A man came in Ihram with the Prophet, peace be upon him. He fell from his mount, broke his neck and died. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Wash him with water and low tree leaves, and dress him in his two garments. But do not cover his head, for he will come on the day of resurrection reciting the Talbiyah. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, A man came in Ihram with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. A similar report, as number 2894, until he said, For he will be raised on the day of resurrection, reciting the Talbiyah. And he, the narrator, added, Sa'id bin Jubair did not say where he fell. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that a man's neck was broken by his mount when he was in Ihram, and he died. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Wash him with water and low tree leaves, and shroud him in his two garments, but do not cover his head or his face, for he will be raised on the day of resurrection, reciting the Talbiyah. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, May Allah be pleased with them, that a man was with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, in Ihram, and his camel broke his neck, and he died. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Wash him with water and low tree leaves, and shroud him in his two garments, but do not put any perfume on him, 
nor cover his head, for he will be raised on the day of resurrection with his hair matted together. Footnote Mullabadan, with his hair matted together, it is recommended for the muhrim to use some sticky substance to stick his hair together in order to keep it orderly and protect against lice. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that a man's mount broke his neck while he was in ihram with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, ordered that he be washed with water and low tree leaves, but no perfume should be put on him, and his head should not be covered, because he would be raised on the day of resurrection with his hair matted together. It was narrated from Abu Bishr, from Sa'id bin Jubair, that he heard Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, narrating that a man came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, while he was in Ihram. Then he fell from his camel, and it broke his neck. The Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered that he be washed with water and low tree leaves, and shrouded in his two garments. But no perfume was to be put on him, and his head was to be left uncovered. Sharba said, Then he narrated it to me after that and said, His head and face were to be left uncovered, for he would be raised on the day of resurrection with his hair matted together. Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, A man's mount broke his neck while he was with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told them to wash him with water and low tree leaves, and to leave his face, and I think he said his head, uncovered, for he would be raised on the day of resurrection, saying the Talbiyah. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, There was a man with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and his mount broke his neck, and he died. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Wash him, but do not put any perfume on him, and do not cover his face, for he will be raised, reciting the Talbiyah. Chapter on It is Permissible for the Muhrim to stipulate a condition for exiting ihram because of sickness and the like. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered upon Duba'a bint Zubair and said to her, Do you want to perform Hajj? She said, By Allah, I am often in pain. He said to her, Go for Hajj, but stipulate a condition and say, Allahumma mahidli haythu habastani. O Allah, my place of exiting ihram is wherever you prevent me. And she was married to Al-Miqdad. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, The Prophet peace be upon him entered upon Duba'a bint Zubair bin Abdul Muttalib. And she said, O Messenger of Allah, I want to perform Hajj, but I am ill. The Prophet peace be upon him said, Go for Hajj, but stipulate the condition that Mahilli Haythu Habastani. My place of exiting Ihram is wherever you prevent me. A similar report as number 2903 was narrated from Aisha. May Allah be pleased with her. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that Duba'a bin Tizbal bin Abdul Muttalib 
may Allah be pleased with them, came to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and said, I am a heavy woman, but I want to perform Hajj. What do you advise me to do? He said, Enter Ihram for Hajj, but stipulate the condition that My place of exiting Ihram is wherever you prevent me. He said, but she was able to do it all. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that Dubara wanted to perform Hajj, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, told her to stipulate a condition, and she did that on the command of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to Dubara, may Allah be pleased with her, go for Hajj, but stipulate the condition that Mahili Haythu Habastani, my place of exiting Ihram is wherever you prevent me. According to the report of Ishaq, he commanded Dubara. Chapter on the soundness of Ihram for the woman in Nifas. It is recommended for her to perform ghusl before entering Ihram, and the same applies to one who is menstruating. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, Asma bin the Umais experienced Nifas from giving birth to Muhammad bin Abi Bakr in Ashajara. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told Abu Bakr to tell her to perform ghusl and enter Ihram. It was narrated from Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, in the hadith of Asma bin the Umais, when she experienced Nifas after giving birth at Dhul Hulayfa, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with them, to tell her to perform ghusl and enter Ihram. Chapter on clarifying the types of Ihram and that it is permissible to perform Hajj, that is, Ifrad, the Maddar, and Qarin. It is permissible to join Hajj to Umrah, and when the pilgrim who is performing Qarin should exit Ihram. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, during the year of the farewell pilgrimage, and we entered Ihram for Umrah. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever has a hadi, sacrificial animal, with him, let him enter Ihram for Hajj with Umrah, then not exit Ihram until he exits Ihram from both. I came to Mecca, and I was menstruating, and I did not circumambulate the house, nor go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. I complained about that to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and he said, Undo your hair and comb it, and enter Ihram for Hajj, and leave Umrah for now. I did that. Then when we had finished Hajj, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent me with Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr to At-Tan'im, and I performed Umrah. He said, This is the place of your Umrah, and those who had entered Ihram for Umrah, circumambulated the house, and went between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa, then they exited Ihram. Then they performed another Tlavaf, after they returned from Mina for their Hajj. As for those who joined Hajj and Umrah, they performed 
one Tawaf. It was narrated that Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, during the year of the farewell pilgrimage, and some of us entered Ihram for Umrah, and some of us entered Ihram for Hajj only. When we came to Mecca, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever entered Ihram for Umrah and did not bring a sacrificial animal with him, let him exit Ihram. And whoever entered Ihram for Umrah and did bring a sacrificial animal, let him not exit Ihram until he has offered his sacrifice. And whoever entered Ihram for Hajj, let him complete his Hajj. Raisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, My menses began and I continued to menstruate until the day of Arafah, and I only entered Ihram for Umrah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told me to undo my hair and comb it, and enter Ihram for Hajj, and to forget about Umrah. I did that until when I had completed my Hajj. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr with me, and told me to perform Umrah from At-Tan'im to make up for the Umrah, that I had abandoned when the time for Hajj came. It was narrated that Aisha said, We set out with the Prophet, peace be upon him, during the year of the farewell pilgrimage, and I entered Ihram for Umrah, and I did not bring a sacrificial animal with me. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Whoever has a sacrificial animal with him, let him enter Ihram for Hajj, along with his Umrah. Then not exit Ihram, until he exits Ihram of them both. My menses began, and when the night of Arafah began, I said, O Messenger of Allah, I had entered Ihram for Umrah, so what should I do about my Hajj? He said, Undo your hair, comb it, stop Umrah, and enter Ihram for Hajj. She said, When I finished my Hajj, he told Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr, to let me ride behind him and to take me for Umrah from At-Tan'im to make up for the Umrah that I had abandoned. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and he said, Whoever among you wanted to enter Ihram for Hajj and Umrah, let him do so, and whoever wanted to enter Ihram for Hajj, let him do so. And whoever wanted to enter Ihram for Umrah, let him do so. Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered Ihram for Hajj, and some people did the same. And some people entered Ihram for Umrah and Hajj, and some people entered Ihram for Umrah. I was one of those who entered Ihram for Umrah. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for the farewell pilgrimage, near the time of the appearance of the crescent of the Hajjah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever among you wants to enter Ihram for Umrah, let him do so. Were it not that I have brought the sacrificial animal with me, I would have entered Ihram for Umrah. Among the people, there were some who entered Ihram for Umrah, and some who entered Ihram for Hajj, 
I was one of those who entered Ihram for Umrah. We set out until we came to Mecca, but on the day of Arafah, my menses began, and I did not exit Ihram for my Umrah. I complained about that to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he said, Forget about your Umrah, undo your hair, and comb it, and enter Ihram for Hajj. She said, I did that. Then when it was the night of Al-Hasbah, and Allah had enabled us to complete our Hajj, He sent Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr with me. He made me ride behind him, and he took me out to At-Tan'im, and I entered Ihram for Umrah, and Allah enabled us to complete our Hajj and our Umrah. And there was no sacrifice, charity, or fasting required because of that. Footnote Regarding the statement, and there was no sacrifice, charity, or fasting required because of that, They say that the last sentence is a statement of one of the narrators. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, at the time of the crescent moon of the Hajjah, not thinking of anything but Hajj. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever among you wants to enter Ihram for Umrah, let him enter Ihram for Umrah. And he quoted a hadith like that of Abda, number 2914. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, at the time of the crescent moon of the Hajjah. Some of us entered Ihram for Umrah. Some of us entered Ihram for Hajj and Umrah. And some of us entered Ihram for Hajj. I was one of those who entered Ihram for Umrah, and he quoted a hadith like theirs, and he said therein, Rulwa said concerning that, Allah enabled her to complete her Hajj and Umrah. Hisham said, and no sacrifice, fasting or charity was required because of that. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, during the year of the farewell pilgrimage. Some of us entered Ihram for Umrah. Some of us entered Ihram for Hajj and Umrah. And some of us entered Ihram for Hajj. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered Ihram for Hajj. Those who had entered Ihram for Umrah exited Ihram. But those who had entered Ihram for Hajj, or for both Hajj and Umrah, did not exit Ihram until the day of sacrifice. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Prophet, peace be upon him, not thinking of anything but Hajj. When we were in Sarif, or close to it, my menses began. The Prophet, peace be upon him, entered upon me and found me weeping. He said, Have your menses begun? I said, yes. He said, this is something that Allah has decreed for the daughters of Adam. Do what the pilgrims do, but do not circumambulate the house until you have performed ghusl. And the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sacrificed cows on behalf of his wives. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, 
we set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, not thinking of anything but Hajj, until we came to Sarif, when my menses began. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered upon me and found me weeping. He said, Why are you weeping? I said, By Allah, I wish that I had not come out this year. He said, What is the matter with you? Have your menses begun? I said, Yes. He said, This is something that Allah has decreed for the daughters of Adam, peace be upon him. Do what the pilgrims do, but do not circumambulate the house until you have purified yourself. When I came to Mecca, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to his companions, Make it Umrah. So the people exit in Ihram after performing Umrah, except those who had sacrificial animals with them. The Prophet, peace be upon him, Abu Bakr, Umr, and those who were well off had sacrificial animals with them. Then they entered Ihram for Umrah when they went to Mina. On the day of sacrifice, my menses ended, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told me to perform Tawaf al-Ifadah. Some beef was brought to us, and I said, What is this? They said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, has sacrificed cows on behalf of his wives. When it was the night of al-Hasbah, I said, O Messenger of Allah, the people are going back having performed Hajj and Umrah, and I am going back having performed Hajj only. So he told Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr to let me ride behind him on his camel. I remember that I was a young girl, and I got sleepy, and my face touched the back of the saddle. Then we came to At-Tan'im, where I entered Ihram for Umrah, to make up for the Umrah that the people had already done. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We said Talbiyah for Hajj. Then when we were in Sarif, my menses began. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered upon me and found me weeping. And he quoted a hadith, like that of Al-Majishun, number 2919, except that it does not say in the hadith of Hamad. The Prophet, peace be upon him, Abu Bakr, Umar, and those who were well off had sacrificial animals with them. Then they entered Ihram for Umrah when they went to Mina, nor the words of Aisha. I was a young girl, and I got sleepy, and my face touched the back of the saddle. It was narrated from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that the Messenger of Allah, perform Hajj only. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entering Ihram for Hajj, during the month of Hajj, in the places of Hajj, and in the nights of Hajj, until we camped at Sarif. He came out to his companions and said, Whoever among you does not have a sacrificial animal with him, and wants to make it Umrah, let him do so. And whoever has a sacrificial animal with him, let him not do that. Some of them followed that, and some did not, among those who did not have a sacrificial animal with them. As for the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, 
he had a sacrificial animal with him, and some of his companions could also afford it. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered upon me and found me weeping. He said, Why are you weeping? I said, I heard what you said to your companions, and I heard about Umrah, and I have been prevented from performing Umrah. He said, What is the matter with you? I said, I am not praying, meaning I am in menses. He said, That does not matter. Do the rituals of Hajj, and perhaps Allah will compensate you for this. You are one of the daughters of Adam, and Allah has decreed for you what He has decreed for them. So I went out for my Hajj until we camped in Mina, where I purified myself. Then we circumambulated the house. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, camped at Al-Muhassab, and he called Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr and said, Take your sister out of the sanctuary and let her enter Ihram for Umrah. Then let her circumambulate the house, and I will wait for you here. So we went out, and I entered Ihram. Then I circumambulated the house, and went between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then we came to Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, in his tent, in the middle of the night. He said, Have you finished? I said, Yes. He gave his companions permission to move on, and he passed by the Kaaba and circumambulated it before praying Subh. Then he left for Al-Madinah. It was narrated that mother of believers, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, Some of us entered Ihram for Hajj alone, and some of us entered Ihram for Qarin, and some of us entered Ihram for Hajj Tamattar. It was narrated by Al-Qasim bin Muhammad, who said, Aisha came for Hajj. It was narrated that Amrah said, I heard Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, say, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, five days before the end of Dhil Qa'dah, not thinking of anything but Hajj. When we drew near to Mecca, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, ordered those who did not have sacrificial animals with them to exit Ihram after circumambulating the house and running between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, Then some beef was brought to us on the day of sacrifice. And I said, What is this? It was said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, has offered a sacrifice on behalf of his wives. Yahya said, I mentioned this hadith of Al-Qasim bin Muhammad and he said, She has narrated the hadith correctly to you. A similar report as number 2925 was narrated from Yahya with this chain. It was narrated that the mother of the believers said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, the people are leaving, having done two rituals, and I am leaving having done only one. He said, Wait, and when you have become pure, go out to At-Tan'im and enter Ihram from there. Then meet us at such and such a place. He, the narrator, said, I think he said, Tomorrow.
and you will have a reward for umrah equivalent to your effort or your expenditure. The mother of the believers, may Allah be pleased with her, said, O Messenger of Allah, the people are leaving having done two rituals. A similar hadith as number 2927. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, not thinking of anything but Hajj. When we came to Mecca, we circumambulated the house. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, ordered those who had not brought sacrificial animals with them to exit Ihram. Those who had not brought sacrificial animals with them exited Ihram and his wives had not brought sacrificial animals with them, so they exited Ihram. Aisha said, Then my menses began, so I did not circumambulate the house. When it was the night of Al-Hasbah, I said, O Messenger of Allah, the people are going back, having done Umrah and Hajj, but I am going back having done Hajj only. He said, Did you not circumambulate the house? The night we came to Mecca, I said no. He said, Then go with your brother to At-Tan'im and enter Ihram for Umrah. Then we will meet at such and such a place. Sophia said, I think that I have detained you. He said, May you become barren and shaven-headed. Did you not perform Tlavaf on the day of sacrifice? She said yes. He said, It doesn't matter then. Move on. Aisha said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, met me as he was going up from Mecca, and I was going down to it, or as I was going up and he was coming down from it. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, reciting the Talbiyah, but not mentioning Hajj or Umrah. And he quoted a hadith similar to that of Mansur, number 2929. Footnote Regarding the statement, May you become barren and shaven-headed. This is not meant in any literal sense. Rather, it is an expression indicating disapproval. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came on the fourth and fifth day of Zilhijjah, and he entered upon me in an angry state. I said, Who has made you angry, O Messenger of Allah? May Allah cause him to enter the fire, he said. Do you not realize that I ordered the people to do something, and they are hesitating? If I had known before what I know now, I would not have brought the sacrificial animal with me, and I would have bought it in Mecca, and I would have exited Ihram as they have done. It was narrated that Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, came on the fourth or fifth day of Dhul Hijjah, a hadith similar to that of Ghundar, number 2931. It was narrated from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that she entered Ihram for Umrah. Then she arrived in Mecca, but she did not circumambulate the house before she got her menses. She did all the rituals as she had entered Ihram for Hajj. 
the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to her on the day of departing from Mina, Your tawaf will suffice for your hajj and your umrah. But she insisted, so he sent her with Abdul Rahman to At-Tan'im, and she performed umrah after performing hajj. It was narrated from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that her menses began in Sarif, and she became pure in Arafah, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Your going between As-Safa and Al-Marwa will suffice for your Hajj and your Umrah. Safiya binti Shayba said, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, said, O Messenger of Allah, are the people going to go back with two rewards while I go back with only one? So he commanded Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr to take her out to At-Tan'im. She said, so he made me ride behind him on his camel. And I started to lift my khimar up of my neck. He struck my leg as if he was striking the camel. And I said to him, Do you see anyone? She said. And I entered Ihram for Umrah. Then we came back to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, while he was in Al-Husbah. Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr narrated that the Prophet, peace be upon him, told him to let Aisha ride behind him and to take her to Umrah from At-Tan'im. It was narrated that Jabir, may Allah be pleased with them, said, We entered Ihram with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for Hajj only. And Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, entered Ihram for Umrah. Then when we were in Sarif, her menses began. When we came, we circumambulated the Kaaba and went between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, commanded those of us who did not have sacrificial animals with us to exit Ihram. Jabir said, We said, To what extent? He said, Completely. So we had intercourse with our wives and put on perfume and wore our regular clothes. And there were only four nights between us and Arafah. Then we entered Ihram on the day of At-Tarviyah. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered upon Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, and found her weeping. He said, What is the matter with you? She said, The matter with me is that my menses began, and the people have exited Ihram. But I did not do so, and I did not circumambulate the house and the people are going for Hajj now. He said, That is something that Allah has decreed for the daughters of Adam. Perform ghusl, then enter Ihram for Hajj. So she did that, and went to all the places of Hajj. Then when she became pure, she circumambulated the house, and went between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then he said, You have exited Ihram from your Hajj, and Umrah together. She said, O Messenger of Allah, I feel upset because I did not circumambulate the house before I performed Hajj. He said, Take her, O Abdul Rahman, and let her perform Umrah from At-Tan'im. And that was on the night of Al-Hasbah. Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, entered upon Aisha, May Allah be pleased with her, and found her weeping. And he mentioned a hadith like that of Al-Layth, number 2937.
to the end. But he did not mention what came before this of the hadith of Al-Layth. It was narrated from Jabir bin Abdullah that during the Hajj of the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, entered Ihram for Umrah, and he quoted a hadith like that of Al-Layth, number 2938. But he added, and he said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was a man of gentle disposition, and when she wanted something, he would agree to it. So he sent her with Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr, and she entered Ihram for Umrah from At-Ta'anim. Mathwar said, Abu Az-Zubayr said, When Aisha performed Hajj, she did what she had done with the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Jabir, May Allah be pleased with them, said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entering Ihram for Hajj, and the women and children were with us. When we came to Mecca, we circumambulated the house and went between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to us, Whoever does not have a sacrificial animal with him, let him exit Ihram. We said, To what extent? He said, Completely. So we had intercourse with our wives, and we wore our regular clothes and put on perfume. When the day of At-Tarbiyah came, we entered Ihram for Hajj, and our first going between As-Safa and Al-Marwa sufficed for us. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, ordered us to share camels and cows, one animal between seven of us. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, commanded us, when we exited Ihram, to enter Ihram when we set out for Mina. So we entered Ihram from Al-Abdhah. Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions only went between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa once. Atah said, I heard Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, along with some people who were with me, say, We, the companions of Muhammad, peace be upon him, entered Ihram for Hajj only. Atah said, Jabir said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, came on the morning of the 4th of Dhil Hijjah and told us to exit Ihram. Atah said, he said, Exit Ihram, and you may have intercourse with your wives. Atlah said, He did not insist on that for them, but he made it permissible for them. We said, When there are only five days between us and Arafah, he told us to have intercourse with our wives. So we will come to Arafah with our private parts still dripping with semen. He said, Jabir gestured with his hand and it is as if I can see his hand moving. He said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, stood up among us and said, You know that I am the one who fears Allah the most among you, and I am the most truthful among you, and the most righteous. Were it not for my sacrificial animal, I would have exited Ihram, as you have done, 
If I had known before what I know now, I would not have brought the sacrificial animal. Exit Ihram So we exited Ihram and we listened and obeyed. Allah said, Jabir said, Then Ali came from his zakah collecting mission, and he, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, For what did you enter Ihram? He said, For the same as the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Ihram. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to him, Bring your sacrificial animal and remain in Ihram. So Ali brought him a sacrificial animal. Suraqa bin Malik said, O Messenger of Allah, is it just for this year or forever? He said, Forever. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, We entered Ihram for Hajj with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. But when we came to Mecca, he told us to exit Ihram and make it Umrah. We found that hard and felt anxious about it. News of that reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, and we did not know whether he heard of it from heaven or from the people. He said, O people, exit Ihram. Were it not for the sacrificial animal that is with me, I would do what you are doing. So we exited Ihram and had intercourse with our wives, and we did what those who are not in Ihram do until the day of At-Tarbiyah came when we put Mecca behind us to go to Mina and Arafat and entered Ihram for Hajj. Musa bin Nafir said, I came to Mecca to perform Umrah for Tamathlar four days before the day of At-Tarbiyah. The people said, Now your Hajj is like that of the Meccans. I entered upon Atla bin Abi Rabah and asked him about that. Atlah said, Jabir bin Abdullah al-Ansari, may Allah be pleased with them, told me that he performed Hajj with Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, in the year when he brought the sacrificial animal with him. They entered Ihram for Hajj only. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Exit your Ihram, circumambulate the house, and go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then cut your hair and remain out of Ihram until the day of At-Tarbiyah comes. Then enter Ihram for Hajj and make what you did before the Matlar. They said, How can we make it the Matlar when we have named it as Hajj? He said, Do what I'm telling you to do. Were it not that I have brought the sacrificial animal with me, I would do what I am telling you to do. But it is not permissible for me to exit Ihram until the sacrificial animal reaches its destination. The footnote The people said, Now your Hajj is like that of the Meccans, because he would be entering Ihram for Hajj from Mecca, not from the Miqat. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, We came with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entering Ihram for Hajj. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told us to make it Umrah and exit Ihram. He had the sacrificial animal with him, so he could not make it Umrah. 
Chapter on Tamaflar with Hajj and Umrah It was narrated that Abu Nadra said, Ibn Abbas used to enjoin Mutah, and Ibn Al-Zubayr used to forbid it. I mentioned that to Jabir bin Abdullah, and he said, It is through me that this hadith was circulated. We performed the Mutar with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. But when Umar became the Khalifa, he said, Allah permitted to his Messenger whatever he willed. However, he willed, and the revelation of the Quran has been completed. So complete Hajj and Umrah for Allah, as Allah has commanded you, and make a decision about your marriages to these women. For no man will be brought to me having married a woman for a specific length of time, but I will have him stoned. Footnote Regarding the statement, So complete Hajj and Umrah for Allah, as Allah has commanded you. Meaning that the Matlar is allowed for Hajj and Umrah, while Mutlar is not allowed for marriage. Qafada narrated it with this chain, a hadith similar to number 2947. And he said in the hadith, Separate your Hajj from your Umrah, for that is most proper for your Hajj and most proper for your Umrah. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, We came with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, saying, Here we are at your service for Hajj. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told us to make it Umrah. Chapter on the Hajj of the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Jarfar bin Muhammad that his father said, We entered upon Jabir bin Abdullah, and he asked about the people, until he came to me. I said, I am Muhammad bin Ali bin Hussein. He placed his hand on my head. Then he unbid my upper button and my lower button. Then he placed his hand on my chest. At that time, I was young boy. He said, Welcome to you, O son of my brother. Ask whatever you want. So I asked him. He was blind, and the time for prayer became due. So he got up, wearing a blanket, which he wrapped around himself. Every time he put it over his shoulders, the ants slipped back down, because it was too small, and his rida was hanging beside him on the clothes hook. He led us in prayer. Then I said, Tell us about the Hajj of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. He gestured with his hand and counted nine, and said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stayed for nine years in Medina, during which he did not perform Hajj. Then in the tenth year he announced to the people that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was going for Hajj. Many people came to Al Medina all of them seeking to follow the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and do what he did. We set out with him until we came to the Hulayfa, where Asma bin Umais gave birth to Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. She sent word to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, asking, What should I do? He said, 
Perform ghusl. Wrap your private part in a cloth. And enter ihram. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed in the masjid. Then he rode Al-Qaswa until he reached Al-Baidah. I looked as far as I could see in front of him and saw people riding and walking. To his right it was the same, to his left it was the same, and behind him it was the same. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was among us, and the Qur'an was being revealed to him, and he was the best one to interpret it. So whatever he did, we did too. And he began the talbiyah of Tawheed, saying, لبيك اللهم لبيك لبيك لا شريك لك لبيك إن الحمد والنعمة لك والملك لا شريك لك Here I am, O Allah, here I am. Here I am, you have no partner. Here I am. Verily, all praise and blessings are yours, and all sovereignty. You have no partner. The people said this talbiyah that they say nowadays, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not object to any of that. But the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, kept to his own talbiyah. Jabir, may Allah be pleased with them, said, we did not intend anything other than Hajj, and we were not thinking of Umrah. When we came to the Karba with him, he touched the corner, then walked quickly, Rummel, for these circuits, and walked normally for four. Then he came to the station of Ibrahim, Maqami Ibrahim, and recited the verse, And take you people, the Maqam of Ibrahim, as a place of prayer. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 125. He stood with the maqam between himself and the house. Jafar bin Muhammad said, My father used to say, and I do not think he was narrating it from anyone but the Prophet, peace be upon him. Then he, Prophet, peace be upon him, used to recite in these two raqar, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ and قُلْ يَا أَيُّهُ الْكَافِرُونَ Then he went back to the corner and touched it. Then he went out through the gate to As-Safa. When he drew near to As-Safa, he recited, Verily, As-Safa and Al-Marwa, two mountains in Mecca, are of the symbols of Allah. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 158. I will start with that with which Allah started. So he started with As-Safa, climbing up until he could see the Kaaba. Then he turned to face the Qibla and singled out Allah and extolled his greatness. And he said, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, lahul mulk, wa lahul hamdu, wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. لا إله إلا الله وحده أنجز وعده ونصر عبده وهذم الأحذاب وحده. There is none worthy of worship but Allah alone, with no partner or associate. He is the dominion, and to him be praise, 
and he is able to do all things. There is none worthy of worship but Allah alone. He fulfilled his promises and granted victory to his slave and defeated the confederates alone. Then he supplicated between that and repeated this three times. Then he came down towards Al-Marwa, and when his feet reached the bottom of the valley, he ran until the ground started to rise. Then he walked until he came to Al-Marwa, and he did at Al-Marwa as he had done at As-Safa. Then when it was the last lap and he was at Al-Marwa, he said, If I had known before what I know now, I would not have brought the sacrificial animal with me and I would have made it Umrah. Whoever among you does not have a sacrificial animal with him, let him exit Ihram and make it Umrah. Suraqa bin Malik bin Jurshum stood up and said, O Messenger of Allah, is it just for this year, or is it forever? The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, interlaced the fingers of his hands and said, Umrah has been incorporated into Hajj twice. No, it is forever and ever. Ali came from Yemen with the sacrificial animals of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he found Fatima, may Allah be pleased with her, among those who had exited Ihram. She was wearing dyed clothes and had put coal on her eyes. He rebuked her for that, and she said, My father told me to do that. Ali used to say in Al-Iraq, I went to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, complaining about Fatima for what she had done, and to ask the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, about what she had told me about. I told him that I had rebuked her for that, and he said, She spoke the truth. She spoke the truth. What did you say when you decided to go for Hajj? I said, O oh Allah, I enter Ihram for that for which your messenger entered Ihram. He said, I have the Hadi with me. Do not exit Ihram. The total number of sacrificial animals that Ali brought from Yemen and that the Prophet, peace be upon him, brought with him was 100. The people all exited Ihram and cut their hair, except the Prophet, peace be upon him, and those who had brought sacrificial animals with them. When the day of At-Tarviyah came, they set out for Mina and entered Ihram for Hajj. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, rode and prayed Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Risha, and Fajr there. Then he waited for a while until the sun rose. He ordered that a tent of hair be pitched for him in Namira. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, moved on, and the Quraysh did not doubt that he would halt at Al-Mash'ar Al-Haram, as Quraysh used to do during the Jahiliyyah. But the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, carried on until he reached Arafat, where he found that the tent had been pitched for him in Namira, and he stopped there. When the sun passed its zenith, he ordered that Al-Qaswa be saddled for him, and he came to the bottom of the valley, where he addressed the people and said, Your blood 
and your wealth are sacred to one another, as sacred as this day of yours, in this month of yours, in this land of yours. All matters of Jahiliyyah are abolished beneath my feet. The blood feuds of the Jahiliyyah are abolished. And the first blood feud that I abolish is that of Rabia bin al-Harith, who was nursed among Banu Layth and killed by Hudayl. That riba of the Jahiliyyah is abolished. And the first riba that I abolish is that of Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib. It is all abolished. Fear Allah with regard to women, for you have taken them as a trust from Allah, and intimacy with them has become permissible to you by the word of Allah. Your rights over them are that they should not allow anyone whom you dislike to treat on your bedding. If they do that, then hit them, but in a manner that does not cause injury or leave a mark. Their rights over you are that you should provide for them and clothe them in a reasonable manner. I have left you something which, if you adhere to it, you will never go astray. The Book of Allah You will be asked about me, what you will say. They said, We bear witness that you have conveyed the message and fulfilled your duty and offered sincere advice. He gestured with his forefinger towards the sky and then towards the people and said, O Allah, bear witness, O Allah, bear witness, three times. Then the Adhan was called, then the Iqama, and he prayed Dhuhr, then the Iqama was called, and he prayed Asr, and he did not offer any prayer in between them. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, rode until he reached the Mawqif, place of standing, and he had his she-camel face as with people walking in front of him, and he turned to face the Qibla. Then he remained standing until the sun had set, after his rays had started to diminish, and until the disk of the sun had disappeared. Then he seated Ruthama on his mount behind him, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, moved on, pulling Al-Qaswa's reins tight until her head was touching the front of the saddle. Footnote As-Sakhrat means the rocks at the bottom of Jabal al-Rahmah, the Mount of Mercy. And he gestured with his right hand, O people, calmly, calmly. Every time he came to a small hill, he released the reins a little, so that she could climb. Then he came to Al-Muzdalifa, where he prayed Maghrib and Isha, with one adhan and two iqama, offering no prayer in between. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, lay down until dawn came, and he prayed Fajr. When he saw that dawn had come, with one adhan and one iqama. Then he rode Al-Qaswa, until he came to Al-Mash'ar al-Haram. He turned to face the Qibla, and called upon him, and proclaimed his greatness and oneness. 
Then he remained, standing until it had become quiet, bright. Then he moved on before the sun rose. He seated Al-Fadl bin Al-Abbas behind him, who was a man with lovely hair, white and handsome. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, moved on, he passed some women riding camels. Al-Fadl started to look at them, so the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, put his hand on the face of Al-Fadl. Al-Fadl turned his face to the other side to look, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, moved his hand to the other side of Al-Fadl's face. Al-Fadl again turned his face to the other side to look, until he came to the bottom of Muhassir, where he sped up a little. Then he followed the middle road that comes out at Al-Jamarat al-Kubra, until he reached the Jamra, that is by the tree. Then he stoned it with seven pebbles, saying the takbir with each throw. Pebbles the size of broad beans, throwing from the bottom of the valley. Then he went to the place of slaughter and slaughtered sixty-three animals with his own hand. Then he handed over to Ali, who slaughtered the rest, and he gave him a share in his sacrifice. Then he ordered that a piece from each be brought. The pieces were put in a pot and cooked, and they, the Prophet peace be upon him, and Ali ate from the meat and drank from the soup. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, rode and headed towards the house and performed Tawaf al-Ifadah and prayed Dhuhr in Mecca. He came to Banu Abdul Muttalib, who were providing water to the pilgrims at Zamzam. And he said, Carry on drawing water, O Banu Abdul Muttalib. Were it not that the people would overwhelm you, I would have drawn water with you. So they drew up a bucket for him, and he drank from it. Ja'far bin Muhammad said, My father told me. I went to Jabir bin Abdullah and asked him about the pilgrimage of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and he quoted a hadith similar to that of Hatim bin Ismail, number 2950. He added, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, passed by Muzdalifa at Al-Mash'ur al-Haram. The Quraysh did not doubt that he would halt there and camp there, but he carried on and did not pay any attention to it until he came to Arafat, where he stopped. Chapter on all of Arafat is a place of standing. It was narrated from Jabir that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I have offered my sacrifice here, and all of Mina is the place of sacrifice. So offer your sacrifices where you are staying. And I have stood here, and all of Arafat is the place of standing. And I have stopped here, and all of Mustalifa is the place of stopping. It was narrated from Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, that when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to Mecca, he came to the black stone and touched it. Then he walked to the right, walking quickly, Ramal, in three circuits and walking normally in four. Chapter on the standing and the saying of Allah, the Most High. 
than depart from the place whence all the people depart. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 199. It was narrated that Aisha said, The Quraysh and those who followed their way used to stand at Al-Muzdalifah, and they were called Al-Hums, and the rest of the Arabs used to stand in Arafat. When Islam came, Allah commanded His Prophet, peace be upon him, to go to Arafat and stand there, then depart from there. That is the verse in which Allah says, then depart from the place whence all the people depart. Hisham narrated that his father said, the Arabs used to circumambulate the Kaaba naked, except the Hums. And the Hums were the Quraysh and their descendants. They used to circumambulate naked, unless the Hums gave them some clothes. Men would give to men and women to women. The Hums did not go out of Al-Muzdalifah, but the people all went to Arafat. Hisham said, My father told me that Aisha said, The Hums were those concerning whom Allah revealed the words, Then depart from the place whence all the people depart. She said, The people used to depart from Arafat, and the Hums used to depart from Al-Muzdalifah, saying, We will not depart except from within the sanctuary. When the following was revealed, then depart from the place whence all the people depart. They went back to Arafat. Muhammad bin Jubair bin Mudarim narrated that his father, Jubair bin Mudarim, said, I lost a camel of mine, so I went and looked for it on the day of Arafat. I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, standing with the people in Arafat, and I said, By Allah, he is one of the Hums. What is he doing here? The Quraysh were regarded as being among the Hums. Chapter on It is Permissible to Base One's Intention for Ihram on the Intention of Another It was narrated that Abu Musa said, I came to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, while he was halting in Al-Badha, and he said to me, Did you intend to perform Hajj? I said, Yes. He said, For what did you enter Ihram? I said, Here I am at your service, for the same as the Prophet, peace be upon him, has entered Ihram. He said, You have done well. Circumambulate the house and go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then exit Ihram. I circumambulate the Karba and went between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then I came to a woman of Banu Qais who rid my head of lice. Then I entered Ihram for Hajj. I continued to state fatwa, religious rulings, to that effect for the people until the Khilafah of Umr, may Allah be pleased with them. A man said to him, O Abu Musa, or O Abdullah bin Qais, exercise restraint in your fatwa, for you do not know what the commander of the believers has introduced with regard to the rituals after you. He said, O people, whoever heard a fatwa from us about exiting ihram, let him wait, 
for the commander of the believers is coming to you. So follow him. Then Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, came. And I mentioned that to him. And he said, We follow the book of Allah. And the book of Allah enjoins completing Hajj and Umrah. And we follow the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not exit Ihram until the sacrifice reached its destination. Shurba narrated a similar report as number 2957 with this chain. It was narrated that Abu Musa, may Allah be pleased with them, said, I came to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he was halting in Al-Badhah, and he said, For what have you entered Ihram? I said, I have entered Ihram, for the same as the Prophet, peace be upon him, has entered Ihram. He said, Have you brought a sacrificial animal? I said, No. He said, Circumambulate the house, and go between Al-Safa and Al-Murwa, then exit Ihram. So I circumambulated the house, and went between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then I went to a woman among my people, who combined my hair and washed my head. I used to give the people fatwa to that effect during the leadership of Abu Bakr and the leadership of Umar. It was during Hajj season that a man came to me and said, You do not know what the commander of the believers has introduced concerning the rituals. I said, O people, whoever heard a fatwa from us about exiting Ihram, let him wait, for the commander of the believers is coming to you, so follow him. When he came, I said, O commander of the believers, what is this that you have introduced concerning their rituals? He said, We follow the book of Allah, and Allah says, And perform properly the Hajj and Umrah. Quran Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 196. And we follow the Sunnah of our Prophet, peace be upon him. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, did not exit Ihram until he had offered the sacrifice. It was narrated that Abu Musa, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had sent me to Yemen and I came back during this year when he went for Hajj. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to me, O Abu Musa, what did you say when you entered Ihram? I said, I said, Here I am at your service, for the same purpose as the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Ihram. He said, Have you brought a sacrificial animal? I said, No. He said, then go and circumambulate the house, and go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then exit Ihram. Then he quoted a hadith like that of Shorba and Sufyan, number 2957, number 2959. It was narrated from Abu Musa that he used to issue fatwa, allowing mutlah. And a man said to him, Exercise restraint in some of your fatwa, for you do not know what the commander of the believers has introduced concerning the rituals. After that, I met him and asked him about that. 
Umar said, I know that the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions did that, but I did not want married people to have intercourse beneath the trees and then go out for Hajj with their heads dripping. Footnote The word Mutar means This is the Tamatar with Hajj and Umrah. Chapter on the Permissibility of the Matar Abdullah bin Shaqiq said, Uthman used to forbid Mutar, the Matar, and Ali used to enjoin it. Uthman said something to Ali. Then Ali said, You know that we did the Matar with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. He said, Yes, but we were afraid then. Shurba narrated a similar report with this chain. It was narrated that Sa'id bin al-Musayyib said, Ali and Uthman, may Allah be pleased with them, met in Usfan, and Uthman used to forbid the Matar and Umrah during the Hajj season. Ali said, What do you mean by forbidding something that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did? Uthman said, Leave us alone. He said, I cannot leave you alone. When Ali saw that, he entered Ihram for both of them together. It was narrated that Abu Dhar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Al-Mutha in Hajj was just for the companions of Muhammad, peace be upon him. It was narrated that Abu Dhar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, We had a concession, meaning Al-Mutha in Hajj. Abu Dhar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Two al-Mutar were permitted to us only, meaning Mutar, temporary marriage, with women and Mutar, the Mutar, in Hajj. It was narrated that Abdul Rahman bin Abi Ashartha said, I came to Ibrahim al-Nakhirji and Ibrahim al-Taymi and said, I intend to combine Umrah and Hajj this year. Ibrahim al-Nakhirji said, your father would not have intended to do that. Qutaybah said, Jarir narrated to us from Bayan, from Ibrahim, Atayimi, from his father, that he passed by Abu Dhar, may Allah be pleased with them, in Ar-Rabaza, and he mentioned that to him, and he said, it was allowed specifically for us, but not for you. It was narrated that Ghunayn bin Qais said, I asked Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas, may Allah be pleased with them, about Mutar, the Mutar. And he said, we did that. And at that time, he was a disbeliever in the houses of Mecca. Footnote. The meaning is understood more clearly by the next narrations. And the meaning of he was a disbeliever is that he had recently accepted Islam. It was narrated from Sulaiman al-Taymi with this chain, a hadith similar to number 2969. And he said in his report, meaning Mu'aviyah. A similar hadith as number 2969 was narrated from Sulaiman al-Taymi with this chain. In the hadith of Sufyan, it says, Mutar in Hajj, the Mutar. It was narrated that Mutarif said, Imran bin Hussein said to me, 
I will tell you a hadith today, by means of which Allah will benefit you after today. Know that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, allowed some of his family to perform Umrah in the first ten days of Dhul-Hijjah, and no verse was revealed which abrogated that, and he did not forbid it before he passed away. After that, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It was narrated from Al-Juraidi with this chain, a hadith similar to number 2972. Ibn Hatim said in his report, It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, meaning Umar. It was narrated that Mutarif said, Imran bin Hussein said to me, I will tell you a hadith by means of which Allah may benefit you. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, joined Hajj and Umrah. Then he did not forbid it until he died. And no Quran, ayah, was revealed forbidding that. And I was always greeted by the angels until I was cauterized. Then the greetings ceased. Then when I stopped being cauterized, the greetings returned. Mutarif said, Imran bin Hussein said to me, a hadith like that of Mu'adh, number 2974. Mutarif said, Imran bin Hussein sent for me during his final illness and said, I am going to tell you some ahadith by means of which Allah may benefit you after I am gone. If I live, then conceal them. But if I die, then narrate them if you wish. I have been greeted by the angels. The Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, combined Hajj and Umrah. Then no words of the Book of Allah were revealed concerning that. And the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, did not forbid it. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says about it. It was narrated that Imran bin al-Husayn, may Allah be pleased with them, said, Know that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, combined Hajj and Umrah, that no words of the Book of Allah were revealed concerning that. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not forbid it, and it doesn't matter what anyone else says about it. It was narrated that Imran bin Hussein, may Allah be pleased with them, said, We performed the Mattar with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and no Qur'an, ayah, was revealed concerning that, and it doesn't matter what anyone else says about it. This hadith was narrated from Imran bin Hussein. He said, The Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, performed the matar, and we did the matar with him. It was narrated that Abu Raja said, Imran bin Hussein said, The verse of matar was revealed in the book of Allah, meaning the matar in Hajj. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told us to do that, that no verse was revealed abrogating the verse of the matar. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not forbid it until he died. And after that, it doesn't matter what anyone else says about it. A similar report, as number 2981, was narrated from Imran bin Hussein. Except that, he said, 
And we did that with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And he did not say, he told us to do that. Chapter on the Obligation of the Pilgrim who is performing Tamafar to offer a sacrifice. If he has no animal to sacrifice, he must fast for three days during Hajj and seven days when he goes back to his family. Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, performed Tamatar during the farewell pilgrimage, joining Umrah to Hajj, and he offered a sacrifice. He brought the sacrificial animal with him from Dhil Hulayfa. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, started by beginning the Talbiyah for Umrah. Then he began the Talbiyah for Hajj. The people also performed Thamadthar with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, following Umrah with Hajj. Those who offered sacrifice brought the sacrificial animal with them, and some of them did not offer a sacrifice. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to Mecca, he said to the people, Whoever among you has brought a sacrificial animal, nothing that has been forbidden to him in ihram will become permissible until he has completed his hajj. Whoever among you did not bring a sacrificial animal, let him circumambulate the house and go between al-Safa and al-Marwa, then cut his hair and exit ihram, then let him enter ihram for hajj and offer a sacrifice. Whoever cannot find any animal to sacrifice, let him fast for three days during Hajj and seven days if he returns to his family. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, performed Tawaf when he arrived at Mecca. He touched the corner, the black stone, when he began. Then he walked rapidly in three of the seven circuits and walked at a normal pace in the last four. Then when he had completed Tawaf, he prayed to Raka'ah at the Maqam. Then he said Salam and left. He went to As-Safa and performed seven circuits between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then he did not regard as permissible anything that had become forbidden to him in Ihram until he had completed his Hajj. He offered his sacrifice on the day of sacrifice. Then he hastened to circumambulate the house. Then he exited Ihram completely. Those people who had brought sacrificial animals with them did what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did. It was narrated from Urwa bin Az-Zubayr that Aisha, the wife of Prophet, peace be upon him, told him that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, followed Umrah with Hajj, Tamatar, and the people did Tamatar with him as was informed to me by Salim bin Abdullah from Abdullah. May Allah be pleased with them. From the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Chapter on the pilgrim performing Qarin should not exit Ihram, except when the pilgrims performing Ifrad exit Ihram. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar that Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, O Messenger of Allah, 
Why have the people exited ihram when you have not exited from ihram following your umrah? He said, I have matted my hair together and garlanded my sacrificial animal, so I will not exit ihram until I offer the sacrifice. Footnote See number 3016 for details on this matter. It was narrated that Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, why have you not exited ihram? A similar report as number 2984. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with them, said, I said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, Why have the people exited ihram, while you have not exited ihram, following your umrah? He said, I have garlanded my sacrificial animal, and matted my hair together, so I will not exit ihram, until I exit ihram, following hajj. It was narrated from Ibn Umar, that Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with them, said, O Messenger of Allah, a hadith like that of Malik, number 2984. So I will not exit ihram until I have offered my sacrifice. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, told me that the Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered his wives to exit ihram during the farewell pilgrimage. Hafsa said, I said, what is keeping you from exiting ihram too? He said, I have matted my hair together and garlanded my sacrificial animal, so I will not exit ihram until I have offered my sacrifice. Chapter on It is Permissible to Exit Ihram if One is Prevented from Completing Hajj It is permissible to perform qarin, and the pilgrim performing qarin should perform just one tawaf and one sari. It was narrated from Nafir that Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, set out to perform Umrah during the fitna of Al-Hajjaj. And he said, if we are prevented from reaching the house, we will do what we did with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. He set out and entered Ihram for Umrah and he traveled until he reached Al-Baidah, where he turned to his companions and said, They are both the same. I ask you to bear witness that I have committed myself to performing Hajj with Umrah. He set out, and when he reached the house, he circumambulated it seven times, and went between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa seven times, and he did not do more than that, believing that it would be sufficient for him. Then he offered the sacrifice. Footnote. Regarding the statement, then he offered the sacrifice. That is, he slaughtered the Hadi on the 10th of Dhil Hijjah, the day of An-Nahr. Nafir narrated that Abdullah bin Abdullah and Salim bin Abdullah spoke to Abdullah when Al-Hajjaj came to fight Ibn Al-Zubayr and said, It does not matter if you do not do Hajj this year, we are afraid that there will be fighting among the people and you will not be able to reach the house. He said, If I am prevented from reaching the house, 
I will do what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did when I was with him, when the disbelievers of the Quraysh prevented him from reaching the house. I ask you to bear witness that I have committed myself to perform Umrah. He set off until he reached Valhulayfa, where he recited the Talbiyah for Umrah. Then he said, If the way is clear for me, I will complete my Umrah. And if the way is blocked, I will do what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did when I was with him. Then he recited, Indeed, in the Messenger of Allah, you have a good example to follow. Quran, Surah Al Ahzab, Chapter 33, Verse 21. Then he traveled on until he reached Zahir al Bayda, where he said, They are both the same. And if I am prevented from performing Umrah, then I will be prevented from performing Hajj. I ask you to bear witness that I have committed myself to perform Hajj with Umrah. He traveled on and bought a sacrificial animal in Qudayd. Then he performed one Tlavaf for both around the house and between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then he did not exit Ihram until he exited Ihram from both on the day of sacrifice. It was narrated that Nafi'ah said, Ibn Umar wanted to perform Hajj when Al-Hajjaj attacked Ibn Zubayr. And he quoted a hadith like this, number 2990. And at the end of the hadith, he said, and he used to say, whoever joins Hajj and Umrah, one tawaf is sufficient for him. And he should not exit Ihram until he exits Ihram from both. It was narrated from Nafir, that Ibn Umar wanted to perform Hajj in the year when Al-Hajjaj attacked Ibn Zubayr. It was said to him, There will be fighting among the people, and we are afraid that you will be prevented. He said, You have a good example to follow in the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I will do what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did. I ask you to bear witness that I have committed myself to performing Umrah. Then he set out. And when he was in Zahir al-Bayda, he said, Hajj and Umrah are the same. Bear witness. One of the narrators, Ibn Rumr, said, I ask you to bear witness that I have committed myself to performing Hajj along with my Umrah. He slaughtered a sacrificial animal that he had bought in Qudayd. Then he set out, entering Ihram for both together, until he came to Mecca, where he circumambulated the house and went between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. And he did not do more than that, and he did not offer a sacrifice, nor shave his head, nor cut his hair, nor regard as permissible anything that had become forbidden to him in Ihram, until the day of sacrifice came, when he slaughtered sacrificial animal shaved his head, and he thought that his first thawaf was sufficient for Hajj and Umrah. Ibn Umar said, This is what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did. This narration was narrated from Nafir, from Ibn Umar, but he only mentioned the Prophet, peace be upon him, at the beginning of the Hadith. When it was said to him, You will be prevented from reaching the house, he said, 
then I will do what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did. And it does not say at the end of the hadith. This is what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did, as Al-Layth said in number 2992. Chapter on Ifrad and Qarin It was narrated that Ibn Umar, according to the report of Yahya, said, We entered Ihram with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for Hajj only. According to the report of Ibn Aoun, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered Ihram for Hajj only. It was narrated from Bakr that Anas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, reciting the Talbiyah for Hajj and Umrah together. Bakr said, So I narrated that to Ibn Umar, and he said, He recited the Talbiyah for Hajj only. Then I met Anas, and I told him what Ibn Umar had said. Anas said, You are treating us like little children. I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Labbayka, Umratan wa Hajjan. Here I am, O Allah, for Hajj and Umrah. It was narrated from Bakr bin Abdullah. Anas, may Allah be pleased with them, told us that he saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, joining them, Hajj and Umrah. He said, I asked Ibn Umar, and he said, We entered Ihram for Hajj. I went back to Anas and told him what Ibn Umar had said, and he said, It is as if we were little children. Chapter on It is Recommended for the Pilgrim to Perform Qawaful Qudum and Asari after it. Footnote Qawaful Qudum means the Qawaf of arrival performed upon the arrival to Mecca. It was narrated that Wabara said, I was sitting with Ibn Umar when a man came and said, Is it right for me to circumambulate the house before I go to the place of standing, Al-Mawqif? He said, Yes. He said, Ibn Abbas says, Do not circumambulate the house until you have gone to the place of standing. Ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, performed Hajj and he circumambulated the house before going to the place of standing. Is the word of Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, more deserving of being followed, or the word of Ibn Abbas, if you are sincere? It was narrated that Wabara said, A man asked Ibn Umar, May Allah be pleased with them. Should I circumambulate the house, once I have entered Ihram for Hajj? He said, What is stopping you? He said, I saw the son of so and so, disapproving of it, but you are dearer to us than him. We see that he is tempted by this world. He said, Which of us, or which of you, is not tempted by this world? Then he said, We saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, enter Ihram for Hajj, circumambulate the house, and perform Sa'i between Al Safa and Al Marwa. The way of Allah and the way of his messenger, peace be upon him, are more deserving of being followed than the way of so and so, if you are sincere. Chapter on clarifying the pilgrim who has entered Ihram for Umrah 
should not exit Ihram after performing Tawaf before Sari. And the pilgrim who has entered Ihram for Hajj should not exit Ihram after performing Tawaf al-Qudum. And the same applies to the pilgrim performing Qarin. It was narrated that Amr bin Dinar said, We asked Ibn Umar about a man who comes to perform Umrah, and he circumambulates the house, but he does not go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. Can he have intercourse with his wife? He said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came and circumambulated the house seven times, and he prayed to Raqqa'ah behind the maqam, and he went between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa seven times. And you have the best example in the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. A hadith similar to that of Ibn Uayna, number 2999, was narrated from Amr bin Dinar, from Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Muhammad bin Abdul Rahman that a man from Al-Iraq said to him, Ask Urwa bin Az-Zubayr, for me about a man who enters Ihram for Hajj. When he has circumambulated the house, can he exit Ihram or not? If he says to you that he should not exit Ihram, tell him, there is a man who says that it may be done. He said, I asked him, and he said, the man who has entered Ihram for Hajj cannot exit Ihram, except for completing Hajj. I said, there is a man who says that it may be done. He said, What a bad thing he has said. Then that man met me and asked me, and I told him. He said, Tell him that a man used to narrate that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did that. And how come Asma and Az-Zubair do that? He said, I went to him and told him that. He said, Who is that? I said, I do not know. He said, Why doesn't he come to me himself and ask me? I think he is an Iraqi. I said, I do not know. He said, He is lying. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, performed Hajj. And Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, told me that the first thing he did when he came to Mecca was performed wudu. Then he circumambulated the house. Then Abu Bakr, performed Hajj, and the first thing he did was circumambulate the house, and nothing else. Then Umar did likewise. Then Uthman performed Hajj, and the first thing I saw him do was circumambulate the house, and nothing else. Then Muawiyah and Abdullah bin Umar performed Hajj. Then I performed Hajj with Abu Zubair bin al-Awam, and the first thing he did was circumambulate the house and nothing else. Then I saw the Muhajirun and Ansar doing that, and nothing else. Then the last one whom I saw doing that was Ibn Umar, and he did not alter it to Umrah. Ibn Umar is with them, so why don't they ask him? No one among those who have passed away started with anything else other than circumambulated the house as soon as they arrived in Mecca, then they did not exit Ihram. I saw my mother and my maternal aunt when they came to Mecca. They did not start with anything other than the house, which they circumambulated. 
then they did not exit Ihram. My mother told me that she and her sister and Al-Zubair and others came to perform Umrah only. And when they had touched the corner, the black stone, they exited Ihram. So he was lying when he told you that. It was narrated that Asma binti Abi Bakr said, We set out in Ihram, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever has a sacrificial animal with him, let him remain in Ihram. And whoever does not have a sacrificial animal with him, let him exit Ihram. I did not have a sacrificial animal with me, so I exited Ihram. But Az-Zubayr had a sacrificial animal with him, so he did not exit Ihram. She said, I put on my ordinary clothes, then I went out and sat beside Az-Zubayr. He said, Go away from me. I said, Are you afraid that I am going to jump on you? It was narrated that Asma binti Abi Bakr, may Allah be pleased with them, said, We came with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, having entered Ihram for Hajj. Then he, a narrator, narrated a hadith similar to that of Ibn Juraj, number 3002, except that he said, He said, Keep away from me. Keep away from me. She said, Are you afraid that I am going to jump on you? It was narrated from Abu Aswad that Abdullah, the freed slave of Asma binti Abi Bakr, may Allah be pleased with them, told him that he used to hear Asma say, Every time she passed by Al-Hajun, My Allah send blessings and peace upon his messenger. We stayed here with him, and at that time, our burdens were light, and our mounts were few, and we had few provisions. I performed Umrah along with my sister Aisha and Al-Zubayr and others. When we had touched the house, that is, completed the Tawaf and Sa'i, we exited Ihram. Then we entered Ihram for Hajj in the evening. Harun said in his report, the freed slave of Asma, and he did not name him as Abdullah. Chapter on Tamathar in Hajj Shorban narrated that Muslim al-Quri said, I asked Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, about Muthar, Tamathar, in Hajj. And he said it was allowed, but Ibn Zubayr, used to say that it was not allowed. He said, the mother of Ibn al-Zubayr narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, allowed it. So they entered upon her and asked her. He said, we entered upon her and we saw a large blind woman who said, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, allowed it. It was narrated from Shurba with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3005. As for the narration of Abdul Rahman, it mentions Mutar, but it does not say Mutar in Hajj. As for Ibn Jarfar, he said, Shurba said, Muslim said, I do not know whether it is Mutar, the Mutar, in Hajj, or Mutar with women. Muslim al-Quri heard Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, say, The Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Ihram for Umrah. 
and his companions entered Ihram for Hajj. The Prophet, peace be upon him, did not exit Ihram, and neither did those of his companions, who had brought sacrificial animals. But the rest of them exited Ihram. Talha bin Ubaidullah was one of those who had brought a sacrificial animal, so he did not exit Ihram. Shurba narrated it with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3007. But he said, Among those who did not have sacrificial animals with them were Talha bin Ubaidullah and another man, so they exited Ihram. Chapter on It is Permissible to Perform Umrah During the Months of Hajj It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, They used to think that Umrah during the months of Hajj was one of the greatest evils on earth, and they would make Muharram suffer. They would say, When the backs of the camels have healed, and the tracks of the pilgrims have become erased, and suffer is over, Umrah becomes permissible for those who want to perform Umrah. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions came on the fourth of Dhil Hijjah, reciting the Talbiyah for Hajj, and he told them to make it Umrah. This was too hard for them, and they said, O Messenger of Allah, exiting Ihram to what extent? He said, Completely. Footnote Regarding the statement, and they would make Muharram suffer, means changing. That is, changing the name of the month. It was narrated from Abu Aliyah al-Barra that he heard Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered Ihram for Hajj. Then he came on the fourth day of Dhil Hijjah and prayed Subh. He said, when he had prayed Subh, he said, Whoever wishes to make it Umrah, let him make it Umrah. It was narrated from Shurba with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3010. As for the narration, Rawh and Yahya bin Kathir, they said what Nasr said. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered Ihram for Hajj. As for Abu Shihab, in his report, it says, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, reciting the Talbiyah for Hajj. In the Hadith, of both of them, it says, He prayed Subh in Al-Badhah, except for Al-Jahdami, who did not say that. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions, came when four of the tenth days of the Hijjah had passed, reciting Talbiyah for Hajj, and he told them to make it Umrah. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed Subh in the Thuvva, and he came on the fourth day of the Hijjah. He told his companions to change their Ihram to that for Umrah, except for those who had sacrificial animals with them. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, This is an Umrah, which we have joined to Hajj. 
Whoever does not have a sacrificial animal with him, let him exit ihram completely. For Umrah has been incorporated into Hajj until the day of resurrection. Muhammad bin Jafar narrated, Shorba told us, I heard Abu Hamza al-Dubai say, I performed tamatar, and some people told me not to do that. I went to Ibn Abbas and asked him about that, and he told me to do it. He said, Then I went to the Kaaba and slept, and someone came to me in my dream and said, Your Umrah is accepted, and so is your Hajj. I went to Ibn Abbas and told him about what I had seen, and he said, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, the Sunnah of Abu Qasim, peace be upon him. Chapter on Marking and Garlanding the Sacrificial Animal When Entering Ihram It was narrated that Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed Dhuhr in Dhil Hulayfa. Then he called for his camel, and he marked it on the right side of its hump, and the blood flowed. Then he garlanded it with two sandals. Then he rode his mount. When he reached Al-Ba'idha, he entered Ihram for Hajj. A hadith like that of Shorba was narrated from Qatada with this chain, except that, he said, when the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, came to Dhil Hulayfa, and he did not say, he prayed Dhuhr there. It was narrated that Qatada said, I heard Abu Hassan al-A'raj say, a man from Banu al-Hujayn said to Ibn Abbas, What are these religious rulings, fatwa, with which you are confusing the people, saying that whoever circumambulates the house may exit ihram? He said, This is the sunnah of your Prophet, peace be upon him, whether you like it or not. It was narrated that Abu Hassan said, It was said to Ibn Abbas, This idea is appealing to many people that the one who circumambulates the house may exit ihram, as tawaf is umrah. He said, It is the sunnah of your Prophet, peace be upon him, whether you like it or not. It was narrated from Ibn Juraj. Atha informed me. Ibn Abbas used to say, No one circumambulates the house, whether he is a pilgrim or not, but he may exit ihram. I said to Atha, on what basis did he say that? He said, On the basis of the words of Allah, the Most High. And afterwards, they are brought for sacrifice unto the ancient house. Quran, Surah Al Hajj, Chapter 22, Verse 33. He said, I said, It is after returning from Arafat. He said, Ibn Abbas used to say, it is after returning from Arafat and before, and he took that from the command of the Prophet peace be upon him, when he told them to exit Ihram during the farewell pilgrimage. Chapter on It is Permissible for the Pilgrims Performing Umrah to Shorten His Hair, and He Does Not Have to Shave It. It is recommended for him to shave his hair or shorten it at Al-Marwa. It was narrated that Ta'us said, 
Ibn Abbas said, Muawiyah said to me, Do you know that I cut the hair of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, at Al-Marwa, with the head of an arrow? I said to him, All I know is that this is evidence against you. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that Muawiyah bin Abi Sufyan told him, I cut the hair of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with the head of an arrow, when he was atop Al-Marwa, or I saw him having his hair cut with the head of an arrow when he was atop Al-Marwa. Chapter on Tamatwar and Qarin are permissible in Hajj. It was narrated that Abu Sa'id said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, reciting the Talbiyah loudly for Hajj. When we came to Mecca, he told us to make it Umrah, except for those who had brought sacrificial animals with them. On the day of Tarawiyah, we went to Mina and entered Ihram for Hajj. It was narrated that Jabir and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri may Allah be pleased with them, said, We came with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and we were reciting the Talbiyah for Hajj loudly. It was narrated that Abu Nadrah said, I was with Jabir bin Abdullah, and someone came to him and said, Ibn Abbas and Ibn Zubair differed concerning the two Mutar. Jabir said, They did them both with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Then Umar forbade them to us, and we did not do them again. Chapter on the Ihram and Hadi of the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Anas, may Allah be pleased with them, that Ali came from Yemen, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, For what did you enter Ihram? He said, I entered Ihram for the same as the Prophet, peace be upon him. He said, Were it not that I have the sacrificial animal with me, I would have exited Ihram. Salim bin Hayyan narrated a similar report as number 3026 with this chain. It was narrated from Yahya bin Abi Ishaq, Abdul Aziz bin Suhaib and Humaid that they heard Anas, may Allah be pleased with them, say, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entering Ihram for them both and saying, لَبَّيْكَ عُمْرَةً وَحَجَّنْ لَبَّيْكَ عُمْرَةً وَحَجَّنْ Here I am for Umrah and Hajj. Here I am for Umrah and Hajj. Anas said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say, لَبَّيْكَ عُمْرَةً وَحَجَّنْ Here I am for Umrah and Hajj. Humad said, Anas said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, لَبَّيْكَ بِعُمْرَةٍ وَحَجْ Here I am for Umrah and Hajj. It was narrated that Hanzal al-Aslami said, I heard Abu Hurairah, may Allah be pleased with them, narrating that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, By the one in whose hand is my soul, the son of Maryam, will certainly enter Ihram, in the valley of Al-Rawha as a pilgrim performing Hajj or Umrah or both. A similar report as number 3030 was narrated from Ibn Shihab with this chain. He, 
peace be upon him, said, By the one in whose hand is the soul of Muhammad. It was narrated from Hanzala bin Ali al-Aslami that he heard Abu Hurairah. May Allah be pleased with them, say. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, By the one in whose hand is my soul, a similar hadith, as number 3030. Chapter on the number of Umrahs performed by the Prophet, peace be upon him, and when he performed them. Atada narrated that Anas, may Allah be pleased with them, told him that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, performed Umrah four times, all of them in Dhil apart from the one which he did with his Hajj. The Umrah from Al Hudaybiyah, or at the time of Al Hudaybiyah, in Dhil the Umrah the following year in Dhil Umrah from Jarana when he divided the spoils of Hunayn in Dhil and Umrah with his Hajj. Qatada narrated, I asked Anas, How many times did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, perform Hajj? He said, One Hajj. And he performed Umrah four times. Then he mentioned something like the hadith of Haddab, number 3034. It was narrated that Abu Ishaq said, I asked Zayd bin Arqam, How many times did you go out on military campaigns with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him? He said, Seventeen. He said, And Zayd bin Arqam told me that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, went out on 19 campaigns, and after he emigrated, he performed Hajj only once, the farewell pilgrimage. Abu Ishaq said, and he performed another while he was in Mecca. Allah said, Urwa bin Az-Zubayr told me, Ibn Umar and I were leaning on the wall outside the apartment of Aisha, and we could hear the sound of her brushing her teeth. I said, O Abu Abdul Rahman, did the Prophet, peace be upon him, perform Umrah in Rajab? He said, Yes. I said to Aisha, O my mother, did you not hear what Abu Abdul Rahman said? She said, What did he say? I said, He said that the Prophet, peace be upon him, performed Umrah in Rajab. She said, May Allah forgive Abu Abdul Rahman. By Allah, he did not perform Umrah in Rajab. And he did not perform Umrah except that he was with him. He said, Ibn Umar was listening, and he did not deny it or affirm it. He remained silent. It was narrated that Mujahid said, Urwa bin Az-Zubayr, and I entered the masjid, and we saw Abdullah bin Umar sitting beside the apartment of Aisha and the people were praying duha in the masjid. We asked him about their prayer, and he said, It is an innovation. Urwa said to him, O Abu Abdul Rahman, how many times did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, perform Umrah? He said four times, one of which was in Rajab. We did not want to deny him or reject what he said. We heard the sound of Aisha brushing her teeth in the apartment. And Urwa said, 
O mother of believers, did you not hear what Abu Abdul Rahman said? She said, What did he say? He said, He said that the Prophet, peace be upon him, performed Umrah four times, one of which was in Rajab. She said, May Allah have mercy on Abu Abdul Rahman. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not perform Umrah, except he was with him and he never performed Umrah in Rajab. Footnote It is an innovation. In Fath al-Bari, Al-Hafiz bin Hajar said, Ibn Umar only rebuked their persistence with it and their public demonstration of it in the masjid and praying it in congregation. Not that the basis of the prayer contradicts the sunnah. Chapter on the virtue of the Umrah performed during Ramadan Allah said, I heard Ibn Abbas say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to a woman from among the Ansar. Ibn Abbas mentioned her name, but I forgot it. What kept you from performing Hajj with us? She said, We only have two camels, and the father of her son and her son had gone for Hajj on one camel, and he left us the other camel so that we could carry water on it. He said, When Ramadan comes, go for Umrah. For Umrah, in that month, is equivalent to Hajj. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to a woman from among the Ansar, whose name was Umm Sinan, What kept you from performing Hajj with us? She said, Abu Fulan, her husband, has two camels. He and his son went for Hajj on one of them, and our slave uses the other one to bring water. He said, Umrah in Ramadan is equivalent in reward to Hajj, or he said, to Hajj with me. Chapter on It is Recommended to Enter Mecca from the Upper Mountain Pass and to Leave from the lower mountain pass, entering a city via a route different than the one by which you leave it. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to leave via Ash-Shajara and enter via Al-Mu'arris. When he entered Mecca, he entered from the upper mountain pass and exited from the lower mountain pass. It was narrated from Ubadullah with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3040. In the report of Zuhair, he said, the upper mountain pass, which is in Al-Badha. It was narrated from Aisha that when the Prophet, peace be upon him, came to Mecca, he entered from the upper mountain pass and departed from the lower mountain pass. It was narrated from Aisha that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered from Qadha, in the upper part of Mecca, in the year of the conquest. Hisham said, My father used to enter from both, but my father usually entered from Qadha. Chapter on It is recommended to stay overnight in Zitruwa when intending to enter Mecca and to perform ghusl before entering it.
and to enter it by day. It was narrated from Nafir, from Ibn Umar, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stayed overnight in the Tuwa until morning. Then he entered Mecca. He said, Abdullah used to do that. In the report of one of the narrators, Ibn Sa'id, it says, until he prayed Subh. Yahya said, or he said, until morning came. It was narrated from Nafir that Ibn Umar did not come to Mecca without staying overnight in the Tuwa until morning came. Then he would perform Ghusl and then enter Mecca by day. And he mentioned that the Prophet, peace be upon him, did that. It was narrated from Nafir that Abdullah told him that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to stop in Zitruba and stay there overnight until he prayed Subh when he came to Mecca. The place where the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, offered prayers was atop a rough hillock, not in the masjid, which has been built there, but lower than that, on a rough hillock. It was narrated from Nafir that Abdullah told him that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, turned to face two prominent points in the mountain that were between himself and the tall mountain in the direction of the Karba, putting the masjid that has been built there to the left of the masjid that is on the edge of the rough hillock. The place where the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, offered prayers was lower than that on the black hillock, ten cubits or so from the rough hillock. Then he, Ibn Umar, would pray facing the two prominent points in the tall mountain, which is between you and the Karba. Chapter on Ramal Walking rapidly is recommended in the Tawaf of Umrah and in the first Tawaf of Hajj. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, circumambulated the Karba in the first Tawaf, he would walk rapidly in three circuits and at a normal pace in the remaining four. When he went between As-Safa and Al-Marwa, he ran in the bottom of the valley, and Ibn Umar did likewise. It was narrated from Nafir, from Ibn Umar, that when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, performed Tawaf in Hajj and Umrah, upon his arrival, he would walk rapidly for three circuits of the house. Then he would walk normally in the remaining four. Then he would pray to Raqqa'a. Then he would go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Abdullah bin Umar said, I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he came to Mecca. When he touched the black corner, when he first performed Tawaf upon his arrival, he walked rapidly for the first three circuits out of seven. It was narrated that Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, walked rapidly from the stone to the stone three times, and walked normally four times. It was narrated from Nafir that Ibn Umar walked rapidly from the stone to the stone, and he said, 
that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had done that. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah, may Allah be pleased with them, said, I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, walking rapidly from the black stone until he came back to it in the first three circuits. It was narrated from Jabir bin Abdullah that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, walked rapidly in three circuits from the stone to the stone. It was narrated that Abu At-Tufayl said, I said to Ibn Abbas, Do you think that this walking rapidly around the house for the first three circuits and walking normally for four is sunnah? For your people are saying that it is sunnah. He said, They are telling the truth, and they are lying. I said, What do you mean? They are telling the truth and they are lying. He said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to Mecca, and the idolaters said, Muhammad and his companions will not be able to circumambulate the house because they are unfit. They were jealous. So the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, commanded them to walk rapidly in three circuits and to walk normally in four. I said to him, Tell us about going between As-Safa and Al-Marwa while riding. Is it Sunnah? For your people are saying that it is Sunnah. He said, They are telling the truth, and they are lying. I said, What do you mean, they are telling the truth, and they are lying? He said, The people had crowded around the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, saying, This is Muhammad, this is Muhammad, until even the adolescent girls came out of their houses. People were not beaten to make way for the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. So when they crowded around him too much, he rode, but walking and walking rapidly are better. Al-Jurairi narrated a similar report as number 3055 with this chain, except that he said, the people of Mecca were jealous people, and he did not say they were jealous of him. It was narrated that Abu At-Tufayl said, I said to Ibn Abbas, Your people are saying that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, walked rapidly around the house and between As-Safa and Al-Marwa, and that it is Sunnah. He said, They are telling the truth, and they are lying. It was narrated that Abu At-Tufayl said, I said to Ibn Abbas, I think I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. He said, Describe him to me. I said, I saw him at Al-Marwa, on a camel, and the people had crowded around him. Ibn Abbas said, That was the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. No one pushed people aside from or turned them away from him. Chapter on It is recommended to touch the two Yemeni corners in Tawaf and not the other two corners. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and his companions came to Mecca, and they had been weakened by the fever of Yathrib. The idolaters said, Tomorrow there will come to you people who have been weakened by fever, and they have suffered greatly because of it. And they, the idolaters, sat 
beside the Hijr. The Prophet, peace be upon him, commanded them, the companions, to walk rapidly in three circuits and to walk normally between the two corners so that the idolaters could see their endurance. The idolaters said, These people whom you said had been weakened by fever are stronger than such and such. Ibn Abbas said, Nothing prevented him from ordering them to walk rapidly in all the circuits except his kindness towards them. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, walked rapidly and walked quickly around the house in order to show the idolaters his strength. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Umar said, I did not see the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, touch any part of the house, apart from the two Yemeni corners. It was narrated from Salim that his father said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not touch any of the corners of the house except the black corner and that which is next to it in the direction of the houses of the Jumaihis. It was narrated that Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to touch only the black stone and the Yemeni corner. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, I did not stop touching these two corners, the Yemeni and the stone, since I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, touching them, in hardship and in ease. It was narrated that Nafir said, I saw Ibn Umar touching the stone with his hand. Then he kissed his hand and said, I did not stop this, since I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, doing it. Ibn Abbas said, I did not see the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, touch any but the two Yemeni corners. Chapter on It is Recommended to Kiss the Black Stone During Circumambulation Thawaf It was narrated from Salim that his father told him, Umar bin al-Khattab kissed the black stone. Then he said, By Allah, I know that you are just a stone. And were it not that I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, kissing you, I would not have kissed you. Harun added in his report, Amr said, And Zad bin Aslam narrated a similar report to me from his father, Aslam. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that Umar, kissed the stone and said, I am kissing you, although I know that you are just a stone, but I saw the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, kiss you. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Sarjis said, I saw the bald one, meaning Umar bin al-Khattab, kissing the stone and saying, By Allah, I am kissing you, although I know that you are just a stone and you can neither cause harm nor bring benefit. Were it not that I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, kiss you, I would not have kissed you. It was narrated that Rabis bin Rabia said, I saw Umar kissing the stone and saying, I am kissing you although I know that you are just a stone. 
were it not that I saw the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, kissing you, I would not have kissed you. It was narrated that Suwayd bin Ghafala said, I saw Umar kissing the stone and clinging to it. And he said, I saw the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, taking an interest in you. Abdul Rahman narrated from Sufyan with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3071. He said, But I saw Abul Qasim, peace be upon him, showing great interest in you, and he did not mention clinging to it. Chapter on It is Permissible to Circumambulate the Garba on a Camel and the Like, and for one who is riding to touch the black stone with the crooked staff and the like. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, circumambulated the Kaaba during the farewell pilgrimage on a camel, and he touched the corner with a crooked staff. It was narrated that Jabir said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, circumambulated the house during the farewell pilgrimage on his mount, touching the black stone with his crooked staff, so that the people could see him and so that he could see them, and so that they could ask him questions, for the people had crowded around him. Jabir bin Abdullah said, During the farewell pilgrimage, the Prophet, peace be upon him, circumambulated the house, and went between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa on his mount, so that the people could see him, and so that he could see them, and so that they could ask him questions, for the people had crowded around him. It was narrated that Aisha said, During the farewell pilgrimage, the Prophet, peace be upon him, circumambulated the Kaaba on his camel and touched the corner, lest the people be beaten away from him. Ma'ruf bin Khurabbuth said, I heard Abu Tufail say, I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, circumambulating the house and touching the corner with a crooked staff that he had with him, and kissing the crooked staff. It was narrated that Ummi Salama said, I complained to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, that I was sick, and he said, Circumambulate behind the people riding. She said, So I circumambulated the Kaaba, and at that time the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was praying beside the house and reciting by the tour, mount, and by the book inscribed. Quran, Surah Al-Tur, Chapter 52 Chapter on clarifying the Sa'i between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa is a pillar of Hajj without which Hajj is not valid. It was narrated from Hisham bin Urwa that his father said, I said to Aisha, I think that if a man does not go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa, it does not matter. She said, Why? I said, Because Allah, the Most High, says, Verily, Al-Safa and Al-Marwa are of the symbols of Allah, so it is not a sin on him who performs Hajj or Umrah of the house to perform the going between them 
As-Safa and Al-Marwa. And whoever does good voluntarily, then verily, Allah is all-recognizer, all-knower. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 158 She said, A person's Hajj or Umrah is not complete if he does not go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. If it was as you say, then it would be. It is not a sin on him if he does not go between them. Do you know what that was revealed about? That was revealed about the Ansar, the people of Yathrib, who during the Jahiliyyah used to enter Ihram for two idols by the seashore, which were called Isaf and Na'ila. Then they would come and run between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then they would shave their heads. When Islam came, they did not like to go between them because of what they used to do during the Jahiliyyah. She said, Then Allah, the Mighty and Sublime, revealed, Verily, As-Safa and Al-Marwa are of the symbols of Allah. Then they went between them. Hisham bin Urwa said, My father told me, I said to Aisha, I do not think there is any sin on me if I do not go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. She said, Why? I said, Because Allah, the Mighty and Sublime, says, Verily, As-Safa and Al-Marwa are of the symbols of Allah. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2 Verse 158 Mentioning the verse She said, If it was as you say, then it would be. It is not a sin on him if he does not go between them. This was revealed concerning some of the Ansar, who, when they entered Ihram during the Jahiliyyah, they entered Ihram for Manad, and they thought that it was not permissible for them to go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. When they came with the Prophet, peace be upon him, for Hajj, they mentioned that to him. And Allah, the Mighty and Sublime, revealed this verse. By Allah, a person's Hajj is not complete if he does not go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. It was narrated that Urwa bin Az-Zubayr said, I said to Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, I do not think it matters if someone does not go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa, and I do not mind if I do not go between them. She said, What a bad thing you have said, O son of my sister. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, went between them, and so did the Muslims. And it became Sunnah, prescribed. Rather, those who entered Ihram for the false goddess, Mana'ath, who was in Al-Mushallal, did not go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. When Islam came, we asked the Prophet, peace be upon him, about that. And Allah, the Mighty and Sublime, revealed, Verily, As-Safa and Al-Marwa are of the symbols of Allah. So it is not a sin on him who performs Hajj or Umrah of the house to perform the going, Tawaf, between them. As-Safa and Al-Marwa Quran 
Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 158 If it was as you say it would be, it is not a sin on him, if he does not go between them. Al-Dhuhri said, I mentioned that to Abu Bakr bin Abdul Rahman bin Al-Harith bin Hisham, and he was impressed by it and said, This is knowledge. I heard some of the scholars say, Those among the Arabs who did not go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa said that going between these two rocks was a matter of Jahiliyyah. Others among the Ansar said, We are only commanded to circumambulate the house, and we are not commanded to go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then Allah, the Almighty and Sublime, revealed, Verily, Al-Safa and Al-Marwa are of the symbols of Allah. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 158 Abu Bakr bin Abdul Rahman said, I think that it was revealed concerning both groups. It was narrated that Ibn Shihab said, Urwa bin Az-Zubayr said, I asked Aisha, and he quoted a similar hadith as number 3081. He said in the hadith, When they asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, about that they said, O Messenger of Allah, We used to feel reluctant to go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Then Allah, the Mighty and Sublime, revealed, Verily, As-Safa and Al-Marwa are of the symbols of Allah, so it is not a sin on him who performs Hajj or Umrah of the house to perform the going. Thawaf, between them, As-Safa and Al-Marwa. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2 Verse 158 Raisha said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, established the going between them as Sunnah, so no one should forsake going between them. It was narrated from Urwa bin Az-Zubayr that Aisha told him that before the Ansar became Muslim, they and the tribe of Ghassan used to enter Ihram for Manat and they felt reluctant to go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa, because that had been the practice of their forefathers. The one who entered Ihram for Manath did not go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa. They asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, about that when they accepted Islam. And Allah, the Mighty and Sublime, revealed, Verily, As-Safa and Al-Marwa are of the symbols of Allah, so it is not a sin on him who performs Hajj or Umrah of the house to perform the going, Thawaf, between them, As-Safa and Al-Marwa, and whoever does good voluntarily, then verily Allah is all-recognizer, all-knower. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 158 It was narrated that Anas said, The Ansar did not like to go between As-Safa and Al-Marwa until Allah revealed. Verily, As-Safa and Al-Marwa are of the symbols of Allah, so it is not a sin on him who performs Hajj or Umrah of the house to perform the going, Fawaf, 
between them, Al-Safa and Al-Marwa. Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, Chapter 2, Verse 158. Chapter on clarifying that Sari should not be repeated. Jabir bin Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and his companions did not go between Al-Safa and Al-Marwa except once. Ibn Juraj narrated a similar hadith as number 3085 with this chain, and he said, except once, the first thawaf. Footnote, the first thawaf is performing. The meaning is performing sa'i, as they call the going between al-Safa and al-Marwa, thawaf as well as sa'i. Chapter on it is recommended for the pilgrim to continue reciting the talbiyah until he starts stoning Jamarat al-Aqaba on the day of sacrifice. It was narrated that Usama bin Zayd said, I rode behind the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, from Arafat. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, reached the left-hand pass, that is before Al-Muzdalifah, he dismounted and urinated. Then he came, and I poured water for wudu for him, and he did a light wudu. Then I said, The prayer, O Messenger of Allah. He said, The prayer is still ahead of you. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, rode until he came to Al-Muzdalifa, where he prayed. Then Al-Fadl rode behind the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the morning of Jamr, Al-Muzdalifa. It was narrated from Al-Fadl that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, continued reciting the Talbiyah until he reached the Jamara. It was narrated from Atha. Ibn Abbas informed me that Al-Fadl rode behind the Prophet, peace be upon him, from Jamar, Al-Muzdalifa. He said, And Ibn Abbas told me that Al-Fadl told him that the Prophet continued to recite the Talbiyah until he stoned Jamarat Al-Aqaba. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, from Al-Fadl bin Abbas, who rode behind the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, that he, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, On the evening of Arafat and the morning of Jamr al-Muzdalifa, to the people, as they were moving on, keep calm, he was restraining his she-camel, until he entered Muhassar, which is part of Mina. He said, Pick up the pebbles, the size of broad beans, with which to stone the Jamara. He said, And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, continued to recite the Talbiyah until he stoned the Jamara. Abu Dhubayr narrated it with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3089, except that he did not mention in the hadith that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, continued to recite the Talbiyah until he stoned the Jamara. And he added in his hadith, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, demonstrated with his hand how to throw the pebbles. It was narrated that Abdul Rahman bin Yazid said, Abdullah said, when we were in Jamar, 
Al-Muzdalifa, I heard the one to whom Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed, saying in this place, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik. It was narrated from Abdul Rahman bin Yazid that Abdullah recited the Talbiyah when he departed from Jamr, Al-Muzdalifa. And it was said, Is he a Bedouin? Abdullah said, Have the people forgotten or gone astray? I heard the one to whom Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed, saying in this place, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik. It was narrated from Hussein with this chain, a similar hadith as number 3092. It was narrated that Abdul Rahman bin Yazid and Al-Saud bin Yazid said, We heard Abdullah bin Mas'ud say in Jamr, Al-Muzdalifa, I heard the one to whom Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed, saying here, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik. Then he recited the Talbiyah, and we recited it with him. Chapter on the Talbiyah and the Takbir When going from Mina to Arafat on the day of Arafat It was narrated from Abdullah bin Abdullah bin Umar that his father said, We set out in the morning with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, from Mina to Arafat. Some of us reciting the Talbiyah and some of us saying the Takbir. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Abdullah bin Umar that his father said, We were with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the morning of Arafat, and some of us were saying the Takbir, and some were reciting the Talbiyah. As for us, we were reciting the Takbir. I, the narrator, said, By Allah, how strange it is that you did not ask him. What did you see the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, doing? It was narrated from Muhammad bin Abu Bakr al-Thaqafi that he asked Anas bin Malik when they were going from Mina to Arafat in the morning, What did you do on this day with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him? He said, Some of us recited the Talbiyah, and no one criticized them, and some of us recited the Takbir, and no one criticized them. Muhammad bin Abi Bakr said, I said to Anas bin Malik on the morning of Arafat, What do you say about reciting Talbiyah on this day? He said, I traveled this road with the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions. And some of us recited the Takbir, and some of us recited the Talbiyah, and none of us criticized his companion. Chapter on Departing from Arafat to Al-Muzdalifa It is recommended to pray Maghrib and Isha together in Al-Muzdalifa on this night. It was narrated from Quraib, the freed slave of Ibn Abbas, that he heard Usama bin Zayd say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, set out from Arafat, and when he was in the mountain pass, he dismounted and urinated. Then he performed wudu, but not thoroughly. I said to him, The prayer, he said, The prayer is still ahead of you. Then he rode, and when he came to Al-Muzdalifa, he dismounted and performed wudu thoroughly. Then the iqama for prayer was called, and he prayed maghrib. Then each person 
made his camel kneel down in his place. Then the Iqama for Aisha was called, and he prayed it, and he did not offer any prayer in between. It was narrated that Usama bin Zayd said, After departing from Arafat, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, went to one of these mountain passes and relieved himself. Then I poured water for him, and I said, Are you going to pray? He said, The prayer is still ahead of you. It was narrated that Qurayb, the freed slave of Ibn Abbas, said, I heard Usama bin Zayd say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, departed from Arafat, and when he reached the pass, he dismounted and urinated, and Usama did not say that he passed water. He said he called for water and performed wudu, but not thoroughly. I said, O Messenger of Allah, the prayer. He said, The prayer is still ahead of you. Then he traveled on until he reached Jamr, al-Muzdalifah, and he prayed Maghrib and Isha. Qurayb narrated that he asked Usama bin Zayd, What did you do when you rode behind the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him? on the night of Arafat. He said, We came to the pass where the people halt their camels for Maghrib, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, halted his camel and urinated. And he did not say, He passed water. Then he called for water for wudu, and he performed wudu, but not thoroughly. I said, O Messenger of Allah, the prayer. He said, The prayer is still ahead of you. Then he rode until he came to Al-Mustalifa, and he prayed Maghrib. Then the people halted in their places, but they did not unload their camels until he prayed Risha. Then they unloaded them. I said, What did you do the next morning? He said, Al-Fadl bin Abbas rode behind him, and I went on foot with those of the Quraysh who went on ahead. It was narrated from Usama bin Zayd that when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to the mountain pass in which the leaders used to halt, he dismounted and urinated, and he did not say he passed water. Then he called for water for wudu, and he performed a light wudu. I said, O Messenger of Allah, the prayer. He said, The prayer is still ahead of you. It was narrated from Usama bin Zayd that he was riding behind the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he departed from Arafat. When he came to the pass, he halted his mount. Then he went to relieve himself. When he came back, I poured water for him from the jug, and he performed wudu. Then he rode and came to Al-Muzdalifa, where he joined Maghrib and Isha prayer. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, moved on from Arafat, and Uthama rode behind him. Usama said, He kept traveling in this manner until he reached Jamr, al-Mustalifa. Hisham narrated that his father said, Usama was asked, When I was present, or he said, I asked Usama bin Zayd, whom the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, had made ride behind him from Arafat. How did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, travel 
when he departed from Arafat. He said, He made his camel trot. Then when he found an open space, he made it gallop. It was narrated from Hisham bin Urwa with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3106. And in the hadith of Humayd, he added, Hisham said, Galloping is faster than trotting. Abu Ayyub narrated that he prayed Maghrib and Isha at Al-Muthalifa with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, during the farewell pilgrimage. It was narrated from Yahya bin Sa'id with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3108. Ibn Rumh said in this report, it was narrated from Abdullah bin Yazid al-Khathmi, who was governor of al-Kufa during the time of Ibn Zubayr. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed Maghrib and Isha together in al-Mustalifa. It was narrated from Ubadullah bin Abdullah bin Umar that his father said, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, joined Maghrib and Isha prayers in Al-Mustalifa, with no prostration, meaning no other prayer, between them. He prayed Maghrib with three raka'ah, and he prayed Isha with two raka'ah. Abdullah used to pray like that in Jamr, Al-Mustalifa, until he met Allah the Most High. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that he prayed like that, as in hadith number 3111. And Ibn Umar narrated that the Prophet, peace be upon him, did that. Shurbah narrated it with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3111, and said, He, peace be upon him, prayed them with one iqama. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, joined Maghrib and Isha in Jamr, Al-Muzdalifa. He prayed Maghrib with three rakar and Isha with two rakar with one iqama. Sa'id bin Jubair said, We moved on with Ibn Umar until he reached Jamr, Al-Muzdalifa. Then he led us in praying Maghrib and Isha with one iqama. Then he finished the prayer and said, this is how the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, led us in prayer in this place. Chapter on It is recommended to pray Subh when it is still dark on the day of sacrifice in Al-Mustalifa and to do it very early after ascertaining that dawn has broken. It was narrated that Abdullah said, I did not see the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, offer any prayer, except at the regular time, except in two cases, Maghrib and Isha, in Jamr, Al-Muzdalifa, and he prayed Fajr on that day before the time he regularly prayed it. It was narrated from Al-Armash with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3116. He said, before the time, he regularly prayed it, when it was still dark.
Chapter on It is recommended to send the weak among women and others ahead from Al Muzdalifa to Mina at the end of the night before it gets crowded. But it is recommended for others to stay there until they have prayed Surah in Al Muzdalifa. It was narrated that Aisha said on the night of Al Muzdalifa, Sauda asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him for permission to move on ahead of him and ahead of the mass of people, as she was a heavy woman, and he gave her permission. She set out before he did, and we waited until dawn came. Then we set out when he did. If I had asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for permission as Sauda did, and had moved on with his permission, that would be dearer to me than anything else. It was narrated that Aisha said, Sauda was a large and heavy woman. So she asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for permission to depart from Jamr al-Muzdalifa at night, and he gave her permission. Aisha said, Would that I had asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for permission, as Sauda did. Aisha used to depart only with the Imam. It was narrated that Aisha said, I wish that I had asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for permission, as Sauda did, then I would pray Subh in Mina and stone the Jamarah before the people come. It was said to Aisha, Did Sauda ask him for permission? She said yes. She was a large and heavy woman. So she asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for permission, and he gave her permission. A similar report as number 3120 was narrated from Abdul Rahman bin Al Qasim with this chain. Abdullah, the freed slave of Asma, said, Asma said to me while she was in the area of Al Muzdalifa, Has the moon set? I said, No. So she prayed for a while. Then she said, O oh my son, has the moon set? I said, yes. She said, set out with me. So we set out until she stoned the Jamarah. Then she prayed where she had stopped. I said to her, O oh my lady, we set out when it was still dark. She said, no, O oh my son. The Prophet, peace be upon him, gave permission to the women. It was narrated from Ibn Juraj with this chain, a hadith, similar to number 3122. According to his report, she said, No, O my son, the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, gave permission to his womenfolk. It was narrated from Ibn Juraj. Atha informed me that Ibn Shawwal informed him that he entered upon Ummi Habiba, and she told him that the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent her from Jamr, al-Muzdalifa, at night. It was narrated that Ummi Habiba said, We used to do that at the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him. We would set out from Jamr, al-Muzdalifa, to Mina, when it was still dark. In the narration of al-Naqid, from al-Muzdalifa, when it was still dark. It was narrated that Ubaidullah bin Abi Yazid said, 
I heard Ibn Abbas say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent me with the luggage. Or he said, With the weak ones. From Jamr, Al-Muzdalifa, at night. Ibn Abbas said, I am one of those whom the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent on ahead with the weak ones of his family. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, I was among those whom the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent on ahead with the weak ones of his family. It was narrated from Atha that Ibn Abbas said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent me before dawn from Jamr, Al-Muthalifa, with the luggage of the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him. I, one of the narrators, said, Have you heard that Ibn Abbas said, He sent me in the latter part of the night? He said, No, it was just when I said, Before dawn, I said to him, Ibn Abbas said, We stoned the Jamarah before dawn, but where did he pray Fajr? He said, No, that's all he told me. Salim bin Abdullah narrated that Abdullah bin Umar used to send the weak ones among his family on ahead, and they would stay at Al-Mash'ar al-Haram in Al-Muzdalifa at night remembering Allah as much as they wanted. Then they would move on before the Imam stood, and before he moved on. Some of them arrived in Mina for Fajr prayer, and some arrived after that. When they arrived, they stoned the Jamarah. Ibn Umar used to say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, granted a concession for them. Chapter on Stoning Jamaratul Aqaba from the bottom of the valley. Mecca should be to on one's left, and one should say takbir with each throw. It was narrated that Abdul Rahman bin Yazid said, Abdullah bin Mas'ud stoned Jamaratul Aqaba from the bottom of the valley with seven pebbles, saying the takbir with each throw. It was said to him, Some people are stoning it from above. Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, By the one besides whom there is none worthy of worship. This is where the one to whom Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed stood. It was narrated that Al-Armash said, I heard Al-Hajjaj bin Yusuf say, while he was delivering a khutbah on the mimbar, observe the order of the Qur'an, as it was observed by Jibreel. The surah in which the cow is mentioned, the surah in which women are mentioned, and the surah in which the family of Imran are mentioned. So I met Ibrahim and told him that he had said. So he criticized him and he said, Abdul Rahman bin Yazid narrated to me that he was with Abdullah bin Mas'ud. And he came to Jamarat al-Aqaba. He went to the bottom of the valley and turned to face it. And he stoned it from the bottom of the valley with seven pebbles, saying the takbir with each throw. I said, O Abu Abdul Rahman, the people are stoning it from above. He said, This by the one beside whom there is none worthy of worship is the place 
where the one to whom Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed stood. It was narrated that Al-Armash said, I heard Al-Hajjaj say, Do not say Surah Al-Baqarah. And he narrated a hadith like that of Ibn Mushir, number 3132. It was narrated from Abdul Rahman bin Yazid that he performed Hajj with Abdullah. He said, He stoned the Jamara with seven pebbles, putting the Kaaba at his left and Mina at his right. And he said, This is the place where the one to whom Surah Al Baqarah was revealed stood. Sharba narrated it with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3134, except that, he said, when he came to Jamarat al Aqaba. It was narrated that Abdul Rahman bin Yazid said, It was said to Abdullah, Some people are stoning the Jamarat from above al Aqaba. He said, Abdullah stoned it from the bottom of the valley. Then he said, From here, by the one beside whom there is none worthy of worship, the one to whom Surah Al-Baqarah was revealed, stoned it. Chapter on It is Recommended to Stone Jamarat Al-Aqaba on the Day of Sacrifice Writing And the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Learn your rituals of Hajj from me. Abu al-Zubayr narrated that he heard Jabir say, I saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, stoning the Jamara while riding on the day of sacrifice and saying, Learn your rituals of Hajj from me, for I do not know, perhaps I will not perform Hajj again after the Hajj of mine. Yahya bin Hussain narrated from his grandmother, Ummul Hussain, saying, I performed the farewell pilgrimage with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And I saw him when he stoned Jamarat al-Aqaba on his mount and departed, accompanied by Bilal and Usama, one of them leading his mount and the other holding up his garment over the head of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, to shield him from the sun. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said many things. Then I heard him say, even if a slave who is missing some limbs is appointed over you, and I think, he said, who is black, but he leads you according to the book of Allah, then listen to him and obey. It was narrated from Yahya bin Hussain that his grandmother, Ummul Hussain, said, I performed the farewell pilgrimage with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and I saw Usama and Bilal one of them holding the reins of the Prophet's camel, and the other holding up his garment to shield him from the heat, until he stoned Jamarat al-Aqaba. Chapter on It is Recommended for the Pebbles Used for Stoning to be the Size of Broad Beans. Jabir bin Abdullah said, I saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, stoning the Jamarat, with something the size of broad beans. Chapter on the time when it is recommended to stone the Jamara. It was narrated that Jabir said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stoned the Jamara in the forenoon on the day of sacrifice. But after that, 
He stoned it after the sun had passed its zenith. Abu Az-Zubayr narrated that he heard Jabir bin Abdullah say a similar report as number 3141. Chapter on the number of pebbles for stoning the Jamara is seven at a time. It was narrated that Jabir said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The number of stones used for cleaning oneself after defecating is odd, and the number of stones used for stoning the Jamara is odd, and the number of times for Sa'i between as Safa and Al Marwa is odd, and the number of circuits around the Kaaba is odd. So when one of you cleans himself with stones, let him use an odd number. Chapter on shaving the head is preferable to cutting the hair, although cutting the hair is permissible. It was narrated from Nafir that Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, shaved his head, as did a number of his companions and some of them cut their hair. Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, May Allah have mercy on those who shave their heads, once or twice. Then he said, And those who cut their hair. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Allah, have mercy on those who shave their heads. They said, And those who cut their hair, O Messenger of Allah. He said, May Allah have mercy on those who shaved their heads. They said, And those who cut their hair, O Messenger of Allah. He said, And those who cut their hair. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, May Allah have mercy on those who shaved their heads. They said, And those who cut their hair, O Messenger of Allah. He said, May Allah have mercy on those who shaved their heads. They said, And those who cut their hair, O Messenger of Allah. He said, May Allah have mercy on those who shaved their heads. They said, And those who cut their hair, O Messenger of Allah. He said, And those who cut their hair. Ubadullah narrated it with this chain a hadith similar to number 3146, and said in the hadith, the fourth time he said, and those who cut their hair. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Allah, forgive those who shaved their heads. They said, O messenger of Allah, and those who cut their hair. He said, O Allah, forgive those who shaved their heads. They said, O Messenger of Allah, and those who cut their hair. He said, O Allah, forgive those who shaved their heads. They said, O Messenger of Allah, and those who cut their hair. He said, and those who cut their hair. A hadith similar to that of Abu Dhurair, number 3148 was narrated from Abu Huraira, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Yahya bin al-Husayn, from his grandmother, that she heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, during the farewell pilgrimage, supplicate for those who shaved their heads 
three times, and for those who cut their hair once. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, shaved his head during the farewell pilgrimage. Chapter on the Sunnah on the Day of Sacrifice is to stone the Jamara, then offer the sacrifice, then shave the head, and shaving should be started on the right side of the head. It was narrated from Anas bin Malik that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to Mina, and he came to the Jamara and stoned it. Then he came to the place where he was staying in Mina and offered his sacrifice. Then he said to the barber, Take. And he pointed to the right side of his head, then the left side. Then he started giving the hair to the people. It was narrated from Hisham with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3152. Abu Bakr said in his report, He, peace be upon him, said to the barber, Here, and pointed with his hand to the right side like this, and he distributed his hair among those who were near to him. Then he gestured to the barber and to the left side, and he shaved him, and he gave it to Ummah Sulaim. In the report of Abu Quraib, it says, He, peace be upon him, started with the right side and distributed it, one or two hairs at a time, among the people. Then he gestured to the left side and did likewise. Then he said, Is Abu Talha here? And he gave it to Abu Talha. It was narrated from Anas bin Malik that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stoned Jamrat al-Aqaba. Then he went to the sacrificial camels and slaughtered them, and the copper was sitting there. He pointed to his head with his hand, and he shaved the right side and distributed it among those who were near him. Then he said, Shave the other side. And he said, Where is Abu Talha? And he gave it to him. It was narrated that Anas bin Malik said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stoned the Jamara and offered his sacrifice and shaved his head, he showed his right side to the barber and he shaved it. Then he called Abu Talha al-Ansari and gave it to him. Then he showed him the left side and said, Shave it. So he shaved it, and he gave it to Abu Talha and said, Distribute it among the people. Chapter on It is permissible to offer the sacrifice before stoning the Jamara, or to shave before offering the sacrifice, or stoning the Jamara or to perform fawaf before any of them. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Amr bin al-As said, During the farewell pilgrimage, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stopped in Mina, and the people asked him questions. A man came and said, O Messenger of Allah, I didn't realize, and I shaved my head before offering the sacrifice. He said, Offer your sacrifice. It doesn't matter. Then another man came and said, O Messenger of Allah, I didn't realize and I offered my sacrifice before stoning the Jamara. He said, Stone it. It doesn't matter. He said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, 
was not asked about anything that was done sooner or later, but he said, do it, it doesn't matter. Abdullah bin Amr bin Al-As said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stopped on his mount, and the people started to ask him questions. One of them said, O Messenger of Allah, I did not realize the stoning comes before the sacrifice, and I offered my sacrifice before stoning the Jamarah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Stone it, it doesn't matter. Another said, I did not realize that the sacrifice comes before shaving, and I shaved my head before I offered my sacrifice. He said, Offer your sacrifice. It doesn't matter. I did not hear him being asked about anything that day where a man had forgotten or was unaware of which things came before which, and so on. But the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Do that, and it doesn't matter. A hadith similar to that of Yunus, number 3157, was narrated from Al-Dhuhri. Abdullah bin Amr bin Al-As narrated that while the Prophet was delivering the khutbah on the day of sacrifice, a man stood up and said, I did not know, O Messenger of Allah, that such and such comes before such and such. Then another came and said, O Messenger of Allah, I thought that such and such came before such and such, referring to these three, stoning, sacrificing, and shaving. He said, Do it, and it doesn't matter. It was narrated from Ibn Juraj with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3159. The report of Ibn Bakr is like the report of Isa, number 3159, apart from the phrase referring to these three, which he does not mention. In the report of Yahya al-Umavi, it says, I shaved my head before offering the sacrifice, and I offered the sacrifice before stoning the Jamarah, and so on. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Amr said, A man came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, I shaved my head before offering the sacrifice. He said, Offer your sacrifice. It doesn't matter. He said, I offered the sacrifice before stoning. The Jamarah. He said, Stone it. It doesn't matter. It was narrated from Al-Dhuhri with this chain. I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on a camel in Mina, and a man came to him, a hadith like that of Ibn Uayna, number 3161. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Amr bin Al-As said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when a man came to him on the day of sacrifice, when he was standing by the Jamarah, and said, O Messenger of Allah, I shaved my head before stoning the Jamarah. He said, Stone it, and it doesn't matter. Another man came to him and said, I offered the sacrifice before stoning the Jamarah. He said, Stone it, it doesn't matter. Another man came to him and said, I went to the Garba, 
and did tawaf al-ifadah. Before stoning, the jamara. He said, stone it, it doesn't matter. He said, I did not see him being asked about anything that day. But he said, do it, it doesn't matter. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that it was said to the Prophet, peace be upon him, concerning the sacrifice, shaving, and stoning, that people had done one before the other, or one after the other, and he said, it doesn't matter. Chapter on It is Recommended to Perform Tawaf al-Ifadah on the Day of Sacrifice It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, performed Tawaf al-Ifadah on the Day of Sacrifice. Then he went back and prayed Dhuhr in Mina. Nafir said, Ibn Umar used to perform Tawaf al-Ifadah on the Day of Sacrifice. Then he went back and prayed Dhuhr in Mina, and he said that the Prophet, peace be upon him, had done that. Chapter on It is Recommended to Halt at Al-Muhassab on the Day of Departing from Mina, and to perform Zuhr and subsequent prayers there. It was narrated that Abdul Aziz bin Rufayr said, I asked Anas bin Malik, tell me something you know about the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Where did he pray Zuhr on the day of At-Tarwiyah? He said, in Mina. I said, and where did he pray Asr on the day of departure from Mina? He said, in Al-Abfah. Then he said, do what your leaders do. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Prophet, peace be upon him, Abu Bakr and Umar used to stop in Al-Abfah. It was narrated from Nafir that Ibn Umar used to think that stopping in Al-Husbah was Sunnah, and he used to pray Zuhr on the day of departure from Mina in Al-Husbah. Nafir said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and the Caliphs after him stopped in Al-Husbah. It was narrated that Aisha said, Stopping in Al-Abdah is not Sunnah. Rather, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stopped there because it was easier for him to depart for Al-Madinah from there. A similar report as number 3169 was narrated from Hisham with this chain. It was narrated from Salim that Abu Bakr, Umar, and Ibn Umar used to halt in Al-Abdah. Al-Zuhri said, Urwa informed me from Aisha that she did not do that. And she said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, only halted there because it was a place from which it was easy to depart. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, Stopping at Al-Muhassab is not important. It is just a place where the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, halted. It was narrated that Sulaiman bin Yasar said, Abu Rafir said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, did not tell me to stop in Al-Abdah when he departed from Mina, but he went there and set up his tent, and he came and halted. Abu Bakr said in the report of Salih, I heard Sulaiman bin Yasar say, and in the report of Qutaybah, it says, 
from Abu Rafir, and he was in charge of the luggage of the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, We will halt tomorrow, if Allah wills, in Khaif of Banu Kinana, where they, the disbelievers, swore on oath of disbelief. Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to us, While we were in Mina, tomorrow we will halt at Khaif of Banu Kinana, where they, the disbelievers swore an oath of disbelief. That was when the Quraysh and Banu Kinana swore a pledge against Banu Hashim and Banu Al-Muttalib, vowing not to intermarry with them, nor engage in any transactions with them, until they handed the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, over to them. What was meant by that was Al-Muhassab. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, our halting place, if Allah wills, when Allah grants us victory, will be Al-Khayf, where they, the disbelievers, swore an oath of disbelief. Chapter on It is Obligatory to Stay Overnight in Mina during the nights of the days of At-Tashriq and the concession allowing those who supply water to leave. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that Al-Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for permission to stay overnight in Mecca during the days of Mina, because he was a supplier of water and he gave him permission. A similar report as number 3177 was narrated from Ubadullah bin Umar. Chapter on the Virtue of Supplying Water and praise for those who do that, and it is recommended to drink from it. It was narrated that Bakr bin Abdullah al-Muzani said, I was sitting with Ibn Abbas at the Kaaba, and a Bedouin came to him and said, Why do I see the sons of your paternal uncle supplying honey and milk, and you supply Nabith? Is that because of poverty on your part, or because of miserliness? Ibn Abbas said, Praise be to Allah, we are neither poor nor miserly. The Prophet, peace be upon him, came on his mount with Usama behind him, and he asked for something to drink. We gave him a vessel of Nabith, and he drank it, and he gave his remaining to Usama to drink, and he said to us, You have done good and have done well, carry on doing that, and we do not want to change what the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, commanded us to do. Chapter on giving the meat, skin, and blankets of the hadi in charity. The butcher should not be given any of it. It is permissible to delegate someone else to offer the sacrifice. It was narrated that Ali said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, commanded me to take care of his sacrificial animals, and to give their meat, skins, and blankets in charity, and not to give the butcher any of it as wages. He said, We will pay him ourselves. A similar report, as number 3180, was narrated from Abdul Karim al-Jazari with this chain. 
It was narrated from Ali, from the Prophet, a similar hadith, as number 3180. But their hadith made no mention of the butcher's wages. Ali bin Abi Talib narrated that the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, told him to take care of his sacrificial camels, and he told him to distribute them all, their meat, skins, and blankets among the poor, but not to give anything of them to the butcher, as his wages. Ali bin Abi Talib narrated that the Prophet, peace be upon him, told him a similar report. Chapter on it is permissible to share in the sacrifice, and a camel or cow is sufficient for seven people. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah said, In the year of Al-Hudaybiyah, we offered the sacrifice with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, a camel on behalf of seven, and a cow on behalf of seven. It was narrated that Jabir said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entering Ihram for Hajj. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told us to share in sacrificing camels and cattle, every seven of us sharing an animal. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah said, We performed Hajj with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and we sacrificed a camel on behalf of seven and a cow on behalf of seven. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah said, We participated in Hajj and Umrah with the Prophet, peace be upon him, every seven sharing a camel for sacrifice. Jabir was present at Al-Hudaybiyah. He said, On that day, we sacrificed 70 camels, every seven of us sharing a camel. Abu Az-Zubair narrated that he heard Jabir bin Abdullah narrating about the Hajj of the Prophet, peace be upon him. He said, When we exited Ihram, he told us to offer a sacrifice and said that a group of us could share in a sacrifice. That was when he told them to exit Ihram for Hajj. It was narrated that Jabir bin Abdullah said, We did Tamatthar with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for Umrah, and we sacrificed a cow on behalf of seven, sharing it. It was narrated that Jabir said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sacrificed a cow on behalf of Aisha on the day of sacrifice. Jabir bin Abdullah said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sacrificed on behalf of his wives. In the hadith of Ibn Bakr, on behalf of Aisha, a cow, during his Hajj. Chapter on It is Recommended to Sacrifice the Camel When It is Standing and Tied It was narrated from Ziyad bin Jubair that Ibn Umar came to a man who was slaughtering his sacrificial camel as it was sitting. He said, Make it stand up and tie it, the way of your Prophet, peace be upon him. Chapter on It is Recommended to Send the Sacrificial Animal to the Haram for One Who Does Not Intend to Go There Himself. It is recommended to garland it and to make the garlands, but the one who sends it does not enter a state of ihram. 
and nothing is forbidden to him because of that. It was narrated from Urwa bin Az-Zubayr and Umrah bin the Abdul Rahman that Aisha said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to send sacrificial animals from Al-Madinah to Haram, and I would twist the garlands for his sacrificial animals, then he would not avoid anything that the muhrim must avoid. A similar report as number 3194 was narrated from Ibn Shahab with this chain. It was narrated that Aisha said, It is as if I can see myself twisting the garlands for the sacrificial animals of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. A similar report as number 3194. It was narrated from Abdul Rahman bin Al-Qasim that his father said, I heard Aisha say, I used to twist the garlands for the sacrificial animals of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with these two hands of mine. Then he did not avoid anything or give up anything. It was narrated that Aisha said, I twisted the garlands for the sacrificial animals of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with my hands. Then he marked them and garlanded them. Then he sent them to the Kaaba, and he stayed in Al-Madinah, and nothing became forbidden to him that had been permissible for him. It was narrated that Aisha said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to send the sacrificial animals, and I would twist their garlands with my own hands. Then he would not abstain from anything that the non-Muhrim did not abstain from. It was narrated that the mother of the believers said, I twisted those garlands from colored wool that we had, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stayed among us as a non-Muhrim, doing all that the non-Muhrim does with his wife, or doing all that a man does with his wife. It was narrated that Aisha said, I remember twisting the garlands for the sacrificial animals of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, which were sheep. Then he sent them and stayed among us as a non-Muhrim. It was narrated that Aisha said, I often twisted the garlands for the sacrificial animals of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and he garlanded his sacrificial animals, then sent them. Then he remained in Al-Madinah, not avoiding anything that the muhrim must avoid. It was narrated that Aisha said, On one occasion, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent sheep as sacrificial animals to the Kaaba, and he garlanded them. It was narrated that Aisha said, We used to garland sheep and send them to Kaaba, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was not in Ihram and nothing was forbidden to him. It was narrated from Umrah bin Abdul Rahman that Ibn Ziyad wrote to Aisha saying that Abdullah bin Abbas said, Whoever sends a hadi, the same things are forbidden for him as are forbidden for the pilgrim on Hajj until his hadi is sacrificed. I have sent a sacrificial animal, so write to me and tell me what to do. Umrah said, Aisha said, It is not as Ibn Abbas says, 
I twisted the garlands for the sacrificial animals of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with my own hands. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, garlanded them with his own hands. Then he sent them with my father to Garba. And nothing was forbidden to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, that Allah had permitted to him, until the Hadi was sacrificed. It was narrated that Masruq said, I heard Aisha from behind the screen clapping and saying, I used to twist the garlands for the sacrificial animals of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, with my own hands. Then he would send them to Karba. And he did not abstain from anything from which the Muhrim must abstain until his hadi was sacrificed. A similar report was narrated from Masruq, from Aisha, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Chapter on It is Permissible to Ride the Sacrificial Animal if Necessary It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, saw a man driving a camel, and he said, Ride it. He said, O Messenger of Allah, it is a sacrificial camel. He said, Ride it. Woe to you. The second or third time. It was narrated from Abi Zinad, from Al-A'raj, with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3208. And he said, while a man was driving a garlanded sacrificial camel. It was narrated that Hammam bin Munabbih said, This is what Abu Huraira narrated from Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And he quoted a number of ahadith, including the following. He said, while a man was driving a garlanded camel, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to him, Woe to you, ride it. He said, It is a sacrificial camel, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Woe to you, ride it. Woe to you, ride it. It was narrated that Anas said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, passed by a man who was driving a camel. And he said, Ride it. He said, It is a sacrificial camel. He said, Ride it two or three times. Bukhar bin Al-Akhnas said that Anas said, He passed by the Prophet, peace be upon him, with a sacrificial camel, or a sacrificial animal. He said, Ride it. He said, It is a sacrificial camel, or a sacrificial animal. He said, Even so. Bukhar bin Al-Akhnas said that Anas said, He passed by the Prophet, peace be upon him, with a sacrificial camel. And he mentioned a similar report as number 3212. Jabir bin Abdullah was asked about riding the sacrificial animal. He said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say, Ride it gently, if you need to, until you find another mount. It was narrated that Abid Zubair said, I asked Jabir about riding the sacrificial animal. He said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say, Ride it gently until you find another mount. Chapter on what should be done with the sacrificial animal if it gets injured on the way. Musa bin Salama al-Huzali said, Sinan bin Salama, and I set out for Umrah. He said, 
Sinan set out with a sacrificial animal that he was driving, and it stopped on the road due to exhaustion. He was confused about what to do with it. If it was too exhausted to move, how could he bring it? He said, When I reach the city, I shall certainly find out about it. He, Musa, said, The next morning we stopped at Al-Babhar. And he said, Go to Ibn Abbas and speak to him. I went to him and told him about his camel. And he said, You have come to one who is well informed. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent sixteen camels with a man and put him in charge of them. He set out. Then he came back and said, O Messenger of Allah, what should I do if any of them becomes too exhausted to move? He said, Slaughter it. Then dip the shoes on the garland in its blood and put them on its hump. But neither you nor any of the people who are with you should eat from it. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent eighteen camels with a man. Then he mentioned a hadith similar to that of Abdul Warith, but he did not mention the beginning of the hadith. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that Dhu'ayb Abu Qabisla told him that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent the sacrificial camels with him. Then he, peace be upon him, said, If any of them become exhausted, and you fear that it may die, slaughter it. Then dip the shoes on the garland in its blood and strike its hump with them. But neither you nor any of those who are with you should eat from it. Chapter on the farewell tawaf is obligatory, but it is waived in the case of menstruating women. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, The people used to depart from all points. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, No one should leave until the last thing he has done is to circumambulate the house. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, The people were commanded that the last thing they should do is to circumambulate the house, but an exception was made for menstruating women. It was narrated that Ta'us said, I was with Ibn Abbas when Zayd bin Thabit said, Are you ruling that a menstruating woman may leave before the last thing she does is to circumambulate the house? Ibn Abbas said to him, If you want to be certain, ask so-and-so, the Ansari woman, whether the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, told her to do that. Zayd bin Thabit came back to Ibn Abbas, smiling and said, I see that you were telling the truth. It was narrated from Abu Salama and Urwa that Aisha said, Sophia binti Huji got her menses after she had done Tlobaf al-Ifadah. Aisha said, I mentioned her menses to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Is she going to detain us? She said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, she has already departed from Mina and circumambulated the house. Then she got her menses after Tlobaf al-Ifadah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Then let her leave. It was narrated from Ibn Shihab with this chain. She said, Safiya binti Huji, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, got her menses during the farewell pilgrimage, after she had done Tawaf al-Ifadah, in a state of purity. A hadith like that of Al-Layth, number 3223.
It was narrated from Aisha that she told the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, that Safiya had got her menses, a hadith like that of Ibn Shihab, al Dhuhri, number 3222. It was narrated that Aisha said, We were afraid that Safiya would get her menses before she did tawaf al She said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came to us and said, Is Safiya going to detain us? We said, She has already done tawaf al He said, No then. It was narrated from Aisha that she said to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, O Messenger of Allah, Safiya binti Huyi has got her menses. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Perhaps she is going to detain us. Did she not circumambulate the house with you? They said, Yes, she did. He said, Then depart. It was narrated from Aisha that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, wanted from Safiya binti Huyi what a man wants from his wife. And they said, she is menstruating, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Is she going to detain us? They said, O Messenger of Allah, She visited the Kaaba, or Thawaf al-Ifadah, on the day of sacrifice. He said, Then let her depart with you. It was narrated that Aisha said, When the Prophet, peace be upon him, wanted to depart, he saw Safiya at the door of her tent looking sad and sorrowful. He said, May you become barren and shaven-headed. You are going to detain us. Then he said to her, Did you perform tawaf al-ifadah on the day of sacrifice? She said, Yes. He said, Then depart. Footnote Regarding the statement, May you become barren and shaven-headed. This is not meant in any literal sense. Rather, it is an expression indicating disapproval. A hadith similar to that of Al-Hakam, number 3228, was narrated from Aisha, except that it does not mention that she looked sad and sorrowful. Chapter on It is Recommended for Pilgrims and Others to Enter the Kaaba and Pray Therein and Supplicate in All Its Corners. It was narrated from Ibn Umar, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered the Kaaba, accompanied by Usama, Bilal, and Uthman bin Talha al-Hajabi. He closed the door and remained inside. Ibn Umar said, I asked Bilal when he came out, What did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, do? He said, He put two pillars on his left, one pillar on his right, and three pillars behind him. And at that time, the house was built on six pillars. Then he prayed. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came on the day of the conquest and dismounted in the courtyard of the Kaaba. He sent for Uthman bin Talha, who brought the key and opened the door. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, Bilal, Uthama bin Zaid, and Uthman bin Talha entered and he ordered that the door be closed. They stayed inside for a while. Then he opened the door. Abdullah ibn Umar said, I went ahead of the people, and I met the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, coming out, with Bilal right behind him. I said to Bilal, 
Did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, pray inside? He said, Yes. I said, Where? He said, Between the two pillars that were in front of him. He said, And I forgot to ask him how many raka'ah he prayed. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, In the year of the conquest, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, came on a camel belonging to Usama bin Zayd, until he made it kneel in the courtyard of the Kaaba. Then he called Uthman bin Talha and said, Bring me the key. He went to his mother, who refused to give it to him. He said, By Allah, you will give it to me, or else the sword will come out through my back. So she gave it to him. And he brought it to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and gave it to him. And he opened the door. Then he mentioned a hadith, like that of Hamad bin Zayd, number 3231. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered the house, accompanied by Uthama, Bilal, and Uthman bin Talha. They kept the door closed for a long time, then it was opened. I was the first one to go in, and I met Bilal. I said, Where did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, pray? He said, Between the two front pillars. But I forgot to ask him how many raqar the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar that he went to the Kaaba, where the Prophet, peace be upon him, Bilal and Usama had entered it, and Uthman bin Talha had closed the door on them. He said, They stayed inside for a while. Then the door was opened, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, came out. I went up the stairs and entered the house and said, Where did the Prophet, peace be upon him, pray? They said, Here. He said, But I forgot to ask how many rakar he prayed. It was narrated with Salim that his father said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered the house, accompanied by Usama bin Zaid, Bilal, and Uthman bin Talha. The door was closed on them, and when they opened it, I was the first one to go in. I met Bilal and asked him, Did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, pray inside? He said, Yes. He prayed between the two Yemeni pillars. Salim bin Abdullah narrated that his father said, I saw the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, enter the Kaaba, accompanied by Usama bin Zaid, Bilal, and Uthman bin Talha, and no one else entered with them. Then the door was locked behind them. Abdullah bin Umar said, Bilal, or Uthman bin Talha, told me that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prayed inside the Kaaba, between the two Yemeni pillars. Ibn Juraj said, I said to Allah, Did you hear Ibn Abbas say, You have only been commanded to circumambulate it. You have not been commanded to enter it. He said, He did not forbid people to enter it. Rather, I heard him say, Usama bin Said told me, That when the Prophet, peace be upon him, Entered the house, He, peace be upon him, Supplicated on all its sides. But he did not pray therein, Until he came out. When he came out, he prayed to Raqqa'a in front of the house and said, This is the Qibla. I, Ibn Juraj, said to him, Afwa, 
What are its sides? Was that in its corners? He said, no. In every direction of the house. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered the Garba, in which there were six pillars. He stood by a pillar and supplicated, but he did not pray. Ismail bin Abi Khalid said, I said to Abdullah bin Abi Awfa, the companion of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, Did the Prophet, peace be upon him, enter the house during his Umrah? He said, No. Chapter on Demolishing the Garba and Rebuilding It It was narrated that Aisha said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to me, Were it not that your people have only recently left disbelief behind, I would have demolished the Kaaba and rebuilt it on the foundations of Ibrahim. For when the Quraysh rebuilt the house, they reduced its size, and I would have given it a rare door. It was narrated from Hisham with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3240. It was narrated from Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Do you not see that when your people rebuilt the Kaaba, they made it smaller than the foundations of Ibrahim? She said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, why don't you restore it or the foundations of Ibrahim? The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Were it not that your people have only recently left disbelief behind, I would have done that. Abdullah bin Umar said, If Aisha heard this from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, I would not think that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stopped touching the two corners that are next to the Hijr, except that the house was not completed on the foundations of Ibrahim. It was narrated that Aisha, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Were it not that your people have only recently left Jahiliyyah, or disbelief behind, I would have spent the treasure of the Kaaba in the cause of Allah, and I would have put its door at ground level, and I would have incorporated the Hijr into it. Abdullah ibn Zubayr said, My maternal aunt, meaning Aisha, told me, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, O Aisha, were it not that your people have only recently left shirk behind, I would have demolished the Kaaba and raised it to the ground, and rebuilt it, and I would have given it two doors, an eastern door and a western door, and I would have added six cubits of the Hijr to it, for Quraysh reduced its size when they rebuilt the Kaaba. It was narrated that Arathwa said, when the Kaaba was burned during the time of Yazid bin Muawiyah, while it was raided by the people of Asham, and what happened? Ibn Zubayr left it until the people came for Hajj, seeking to exhort them or incite them to fight the people of Asham. When the people arrived, he said, O people, advise me with regard to the Karba. Should I demolish it and then rebuild it? Or should I repair the damage that has been done to it? Ibn Abbas said, An idea has occurred to me concerning it. I think that you should repair the damage that has been done to it and leave it in the state it was when the people embraced Islam.
and the Prophet, peace be upon him, was sent. Ibn al-Dubayr said, If the house of one of you was burned, would he be happy unless he rebuilt it? Then what about the house of your Lord? I will pray for guidance to my Lord, istikhara, three times. Then I will make up my mind. When he had prayed istikhara three times, he made up his mind to demolish it. The people were afraid that some punishment would come down from heaven upon the first one to climb up onto it to start the demolition until one man climbed up and threw down one stone. When the people saw that nothing happened to him, they followed suit and demolished it until it was razed to the ground. Then Ibn Dhubayr set up pillars and hung curtains around them until the construction was completed. Ibn Dhubayr said, I heard Aisha say, The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Were it not that your people have only recently left disbelief behind, and that I do not have the means to rebuild it, I would have incorporated five cubits of the hijr into it, and I would have given it a door through which the people could enter, and a door through which they could exit. He said, Today I have the means, and I do not fear the people. So he added five cubits of the hijr to it, and he excavated the original foundations of the hijr, and the people looked at them, and he built on top of them. The length of the Kaaba was eighteen cubits, and he added ten cubits to its length, and he gave it two doors, one for entering and one for exiting. When Ibn al-Zubayr was killed, al-Hajjaj wrote to Abdul Malik bin Marwan, telling him of that, and telling him that Ibn al-Zubayr had built it on foundations that had been seen by witnesses of good character among the people of Mecca. Abdul Malik wrote to him, saying, We do not approve of what Ibn al-Zubayr did. As for what he added to its length, leave it as it is. And as for what he added to it of the hijr, put it back as it was, and block up the door that he opened. So he demolished it and rebuilt it. Abdullah bin Ubaid said, Al-Harith bin Abdullah came to Abdul Malik bin Marwan during his Khilafah. And Abdul Malik said, I do not think that Abu Khubayb, meaning Ibn Thubayr, heard from Aisha what he claimed to have heard from her. Al-Harith said, No, I heard it from her too. He said, What did you hear from her say? He said, She said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, your people reduced its size when they rebuilt the house. Were it not that they have only recently left shirk behind, I would have reincorporated into it what they left out, if, after I am gone, your people decide to rebuild it. Come with me so that I can show you what they left out of it. And he showed her nearly seven cubits. This is the hadith of Abdullah bin Urbaid. Al-Walid bin Arthur added, The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, And I would have given it two doors at ground level, on the east and west. Do you know why your people made its door so high? She said, I said, no. He said, out of arrogance. So that no one could enter it except whomever they wanted. If a man wanted to enter it, they would let him climb up. Then when he was about to enter, they would push him and he would fall. Abdul Malik said to Al-Harith, 
Did you hear her say that? He said, Yes. He said, He scratched the ground with his stick for a moment. Then he said, I wish that I had left him responsible for this action. A hadith similar to that of Muhammad ibn Bakr, number 3246, was narrated from Ibn Juraj with this chain. It was narrated from Abu Qaza'a that while Abdul Malik bin Marwan was circumambulating the Kaaba, he said, May Ibn Zubayr be doomed, for he told a lie about the mother of the believers when he said, I heard her say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Aisha, were it not that your people have only recently left disbelief behind, I would have demolished the house and added part of the Hijr to it, for your people reduced its size when they rebuilt it. Al-Harith bin Abdullah bin Abi Rabi'ah said, Do not say that, O commander of the believers, for I heard the mother of the believers narrating that. He said, If I had heard it before I demolished it, I would have left it as Ibn Zubayr built it. Chapter on the Wall and the Door of the Garba It was narrated that Aisha said, I asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, about the wall, meaning the Hijr. Is it part of the Garba? He said, Yes. I said, Why did they not include it in the house? He said, Your people ran short of funds. I said, Why is its door so high? He said, Your people did that, so that they could admit whomever they wanted, and keep out whomever they wanted. Were it not that your people have only recently left Jahiliyyah behind, and I am afraid that they would resent it, I was thinking of incorporating the wall into the house and making its door at ground level. It was narrated that Aisha said, I asked the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, about the Hijr. And he quoted a hadith like that of Abil Ahwas, number 3249. And he said in it, I, Aisha, said, Why is its door so high that it can only be reached by a ladder? And he, peace be upon him, said, For fear of causing resentment in their hearts. Chapter on Hajj on behalf of one who is incapable of doing it because of chronic illness, old age, and the like, or on behalf of one who has died. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Abbas that he said, Al-Fadl bin Abbas was riding behind the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and a woman of Khatham came to him to ask him a question. Al-Fadl started looking at her, and she at him. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, turned Al-Fadl's face to the other side. She said, O Messenger of Allah, the obligation of Hajj has come while my father is an old man who cannot sit firmly on his mount. Can I perform Hajj on his behalf? He said, Yes. That was during the farewell pilgrimage. It was narrated from Ibn Abbas, from Al-Fadl, that a woman from Khatham said, O Messenger of Allah, my father is an old man, and he still has to perform the obligation of Hajj, but he cannot sit up straight on the back of his camel. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Perform Hajj on his behalf. 
Chapter on Validity of a Child's Hajj and the Reward of the One Who Takes Him for Hajj It was narrated from Ibn Abbas that the Prophet, peace be upon him, met some writers in Arloha, and he said, Who are these people? They said, Muslims. They said, Who are you? He said, The Messenger of Allah. A woman lifted up a child and said, Is there Hajj for this one? He said, Yes, and you shall have a reward. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, A woman lifted up a child of hers and said, O Messenger of Allah, Is there Hajj for this one? He said, Yes, and you shall have a reward. It was narrated from Quraib, A woman lifted up a child and said, O Messenger of Allah, Is there Hajj for this one? He said, Yes, and you shall have a reward. A similar report as hadith number 3254 was narrated from Ibn Abbas. Chapter on Hajj is obligatory once in a lifetime. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, addressed us and said, O people, Hajj has been enjoined upon you, so perform Hajj. A man said, Is it every year, O Messenger of Allah? He remained silent until the man said it three times. Then the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, If I said yes, it would become obligatory, and you would not be able to do it. Then he said, Leave me as I have left you, for those who came before you were doomed because of their questions and differences with their prophets. If I command you to do something, then do as much of it as you can. And if I forbid you to do something, then refrain from it. Chapter on a woman traveling with a mahram for hajj and other purposes. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, No woman should travel for three days unless she has a mahram with her. It was narrated from Ubadullah with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3258. According to the report of Abu Bakr, for more than three days, Ibn Numair said in his report from his father, three days unless she has a mahram with her. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, It is not permissible for a woman who believes in Allah and the last day to travel for a distance of three nights unless she has a mahram with her. It was narrated that Qaza'a said, I heard a hadith from Abu Sa'id that I liked, and I said to him, Did you hear this from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him? He said, Would I attribute to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, something that I did not hear? Qaza'a said, I heard him say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Do not set out on a journey to visit any masjid except three. This masjid of mine, Al-Masjid Al-Haram, and Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And I heard him say, No woman should travel for two days' time unless she has a mahram with her or her husband. Qaza'a said, I heard Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri say, I heard four things from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, that I liked and which captivated me. 
He forbade a woman to travel two days distance unless she had her husband or a mahram with her. And he quoted the rest of the hadith, a hadith similar to number 3267. It was narrated that Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, No woman should travel for three days unless she has a mahram with her. It was narrated from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri that the Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, said, No woman should travel for more than three nights except with a mahram. It was narrated from Qatada with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3261. He said, More than three except with a mahram. Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, It is not permissible for a Muslim woman to travel the distance of one night unless she has with her a man who is her mahram. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, It is not permissible for a woman who believes in Allah and the last day to travel the distance of one day except with a mahram. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, It is not permissible for a woman who believes in Allah and the last day to travel the distance of one day and one night, except with a mahram of hers. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, It is not permissible for a woman to travel for three days unless she has a mahram of hers with her. It was narrated that Abu Sa'id al-Khudri said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, It is not permissible for a woman who believes in Allah and the last day to travel a journey of three days or more, unless she has her father with her, or her son, her husband, her brother, or a mahram of hers. Wakir narrated, Al-Armash narrated a similar, as number 3270. Report with this chain. It was narrated from Abu Marbad. I heard Ibn Abbas say, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, delivering a khutbah and saying, No man should be alone with a woman without there being a mahram present. And no woman should travel unless she has a mahram with her. A man stood up and said, O Messenger of Allah, my wife has set out for Hajj and I have enlisted for such and such a campaign. He said, Go and perform Hajj with your wife. A similar report, as number 3272, was narrated from Amr with this chain. A similar report, as number 3272, was narrated from Ibn Juraj with this chain, but he did not mention the words, No man should be alone with a woman without there being a mahram present. Chapter on It is recommended to recite statements of remembrance when setting out for Hajj or any other purpose and the best of this remembrances. Ali al-Azdi narrated that Ibn Umar taught them that when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, mounted his camel and set out on a journey, he would say the takbir three times, then say, Subhanallah sakhara lana haza. وَمَا كُنَّا لَهُ مُقْرِنِينَ وَإِنَّا إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا لَمُنْقَالِبُونَ اللهم إِنَّا نَسْأَلُكَ فِي سَفَرِنَا هَذَا الْبِرَّةِ وَالتَّقْوَىٰ وَمِنَ الْعَمَلِ مَا تَرْضَىٰ 
اللهم هونا علينا سفرنا هذا وأطوعنا بعده اللهم أنت الصاحب في السفر والخليفة في الأهل اللهم إني أعوذ بك من وعثاء السفر وكابة المنظر وسوء المنقلب في المال والأهل Glory be to Allah who has placed this transport at our service and we ourselves would not have been capable of that and to our Lord is our final destiny. O Allah, we ask you for righteousness and piety in this journey of ours and we ask you for deeds which please you. O Allah, make our journey easy and let us cover its distance quickly. O Allah, you are the companion on the journey and the successor, the one who guards them in a person's absence over the family. O Allah, I seek refuge with you from the difficulties of travel, from becoming distressed and an ill-fated outcome with regard to wealth and family. And when he returned, he said the same words and added, Aibuna, ta'ibuna, abiduna, sajidun, lirabbana hamidun. Returning, repenting, worshipping, and praising our Lord. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Sarjis said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, traveled, he would seek refuge with Allah from the hardships of travel, from bad consequences, from a bad situation after a good situation, from the supplication of one who has been wronged, and from an ill-fated outcome with regard to family and wealth. A similar report as number 3276 was narrated from Rasim with this chain, except that in the hadith of Abdul Wahid, a narrator, it says, with regard to wealth and family, in the report of Muhammad bin Hazim, it says, family first when he returns. And in the report of both, it says, Allahumma inni a'udhubika min wa'atha'i'l-safar. O Allah, I seek refuge with you from the difficulties of travel. Chapter on what should be said when returning from Hajj and other journeys. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Umar said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, returned from a battle or expedition, or from Hajj or Umrah, when he reached the top of a hillock or high ground, he would say the takbir three times. Then he would say, La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu, lahu al-mulku, wa lahu al-hamdu, wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir. Aibuna, ta'ibuna, abiduna, sajidun, li rabbana hamidun, sadaqallahu wa'dahu, wa nasara abdahu, wa hazama al-ahzab wahda. There is none worthy of worship but Allah alone with no partner or associate. His is the dominion. To him be praise, and he has power over all things. Returning, repenting, worshipping, and prostrating to our Lord and praising him. Allah has fulfilled his promise, supported his slave, and defeated the confederates alone. A similar report as number 3278 was narrated from Ibn Umar, from the Prophet, peace be upon him, 
but in the hadith of Ayyub, a narrator, it says that he said the takbir twice. Anas bin Malik said, We came with the Prophet, peace be upon him, Abu Talha, and I, and Safiya, was riding behind him on his camel. Then when we were on the outskirts of Al-Madina, he said, Aibuna, ta'ibuna, abiduna li rabbina hamidun. Returning, repenting, worshipping, and praising our Lord. And he kept saying it until we entered Al-Madina. A similar report, as number 3280, was narrated from Anas bin Malik, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Chapter on It is Recommended to Stop in Badhra of Dhul Hulayfa and pray there when departing from Hajj and Umrah or any time one passes through it. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, made his camel kneel down in Al-Badhra, which is in Dhul Hulayfa, and he prayed there, and Abdullah also used to do that. It was narrated that Nafir said, Ibn Umar used to stop in Al-Badhra, which is in Dhul Hulayfa, where the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to stop and pray. It was narrated from Nafir that whenever Abdullah bin Umar came back from Hajj or Umrah, he would stop in Al-Badhra, which is in Dhul Hulayfa, where the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to stop. It was narrated from Salim, from his father, that someone came to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he stopped in Dhul Hulayfa, and it was said to him, You are on blessed stony ground, Badhra. It was narrated from Salim bin Abdullah bin Umar, from his father, that someone came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, when he stopped in Dhul Hulayfa, at the bottom of the valley, and it was said, You are on blessed stony ground, Badhra. Musa said, Salim made his camel kneel near the masjid, where Abdullah used to stop seeking the place where the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, stopped, which is lower than the masjid in the bottom of the valley, between it and the Qibla in the middle. Chapter on No Idolator May Circumambulate the House And No One May Circumambulate the House Naked and when the greatest day of Hajj is. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, during the Hajj, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, appointed him in charge of before the farewell pilgrimage. Abu Bakr al-Siddiq sent me among a group of people to announce to the people on the day of sacrifice. After this year, no idolater may perform Hajj, and no naked person may circumambulate the house. Ibn Shihab said, Humayd bin Abdul Rahman used to say, The day of sacrifice is the greatest day of Hajj, according to the hadith of Abu Huraira. Chapter on the virtue of the day of Arafat. It was narrated that Ibn al-Musayyib said, Aisha said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, There is no day when Allah ransoms more slaves from the fire than the day of Arafat. He draws near. Then he boasts about them before the angels and says, What do these people want? Chapter on the Virtue of Hajj and Umrah 
It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, From one Umrah to the next is an expiation for whatever of sin comes in between, and an accepted Hajj, Al-Hajjul Mabrur, brings no reward but paradise. A hadith similar to that of Malik bin Anas, number 3298, was narrated from Abu Huraira, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever comes to this house and does not utter any obscene speech or do any evil deed will go back sinless as his mother bore him. It was narrated from Mansur and other with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3291. And in all their ahadith it says, Whoever performs hajj and does not utter any obscene speech or do any evil deed. A similar report as number 3291 was narrated from Abu Huraira, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Chapter on Pilgrims Staying in Mecca and Inheriting Its Houses It was narrated from Uthama bin Zayd bin Haritha that he said, O Messenger of Allah, will you stay in your house in Mecca? He said, Did Aqil leave us any house? Aqil and Talib had inherited from Abu Talib, and Jarfa and Ali did not inherit anything, because they were Muslims, and Aqil and Talib were disbelievers. It was narrated from Usama bin Zayd. I said, O Messenger of Allah, where will you stay tomorrow? That was during his pilgrimage. When we drew close to Mecca, he said, Has Aqil left any house for us? It was narrated from Usama bin Zayd that he said, O Messenger of Allah, where will you stay tomorrow, if Allah wills? That was at the time of the conquest. He said, Has Aqil left any house for us? Chapter on It is Permissible for the One Who Emigrated from Mecca to Stay There for Three Days After Completing Hajj and Umrah, and No More Than That. Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, The Muhajir may stay in Mecca for three days after completing Hajj, and it is as if he said, and no more than that. Al-Ala ibn al-Hadrami said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, the Muhajir may stay in Mecca after completing his Hajj rituals for three days. Al-A'la ibn al-Hadrami said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say, Three nights the Muhajir may stay in Mecca after completing Hajj. Al-A'la ibn al-Hadrami narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The Muhajir may stay in Mecca after completing his Hajj rituals for three days. A similar hadith as number 3300 was narrated by Ibn Juraj with this chain. Chapter on the Sanctity of Mecca and the Sanctity of its Game, Grasses, Trees, and Lost Property, except for the one who announces it is forever. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said on the day of the conquest of Mecca, there is no hijrah, emigration, but there is jihad and intention. And if you are mobilized, then go forth. And he said on the day of conquest of Mecca, this land was made sacred by Allah the day he created the heavens and the earth. 
so it is sacred for the sanctity decreed by Allah until the day of resurrection. It was not permitted for anyone before me to fight therein, and it was only permitted to me for part of a day. And it is sacred by the sanctity decreed by Allah until the day of resurrection. Its thorns are not to be cut, and its game is not to be disturbed, and its lost property is not to be picked up, except by the one who announces it, and its grasses are not to be cut. Al-Abbas said, O Messenger of Allah, except Ilkhir, a kind of grass, for it is used by their blacksmiths and in their houses. He said, except Ilkhir. A similar report as number 3302 was narrated by Mansur with this chain, but he did not mention the day he created the heavens and the earth, and instead of fighting, he said killing, and he said no one should pick up its lost property except the one who announces it. It was narrated from Abu Shuraih al-Adawi that he said to Amr bin Sa'id while he was sending troops to Mecca, O commander, let me tell the people of something that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said on the day following the conquest of Mecca, that my ears heard and my heart understood, and my eyes saw him as he said it. He praised and extolled Allah. Then he said, Mecca was declared sacred by Allah, and not by people. It is not permissible for any man who believes in Allah and the last day to shed blood therein, or to cut down its trees. If anyone seeks a concession based on the fact that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, fought therein, tell him that Allah granted permission to his Messenger, peace be upon him. But he did not grant you permission. Rather, I was only given permission for part of one day. And today its sanctity has been restored, as it was before. Let those who are present convey it to those who are absent. It was said to Abu Shuraih, what did Amr say to you? He said, I know more about that than you, O Abu Shuraih. The sanctuary does not give protection to one who is disobedient, or to one who is fleeing after shedding blood, or one who is fleeing after committing a theft. Abu Huraira said, When Allah enabled his messenger to conquer Mecca, he, peace be upon him, stood before the people and praised and extolled Allah. Then he said, Allah held the elephant back from Mecca, and he caused his messenger and the believers to prevail over it. It was not permissible to shed blood therein for anyone before me, and it was only made permissible to me for part of a day, and it will never be permissible for anyone after me. Its game is not to be disturbed, its thorns are not to be cut, and its lost property is not permissible for anyone to be picked up but the one who announces it. If a person is killed, he, relative, has a choice, either to be given the blood money or to have the killer killed in retaliation. Al-Abbas said, Except Ilkhir, O Messenger of Allah, for we use it in our graves and in our houses. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Except Ilkhir. Abu Shah, a man from Yemen, stood up and said, Write it for me, O Messenger of Allah. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Write it for Abu Shah. Al-Walid said, I said to Al-Awzari, What did he mean, write it for me? 
O Messenger of Allah. He said, the speech that he heard from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Abu Huraira said, the tribe of Khuzara killed a man from Banu Layth in the year when Mecca was conquered in retaliation for one of their people whom they had killed. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was told about that. Then he rode on his mount and addressed them, saying, Allah held the elephant back from Mecca, and he caused his messengers and the believers to prevail over it. It was not permissible to shed blood therein for anyone before me, and it is not permissible for anyone after me. It was only permitted to me for part of a day. Now, at this very hour, it is sacred. Its thorns are not to be cut. Its trees are not to be cut down. And its lost property is not to be picked up except by the one who announces it. Anyone whose relative has been killed has one of two choices. Either he may be given the dhiya or he may retaliate. A man from Yemen who was called Abu Shah came to him and said, Write it for me, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Write it for Abu Shah. A man of the Quraysh said, Except Ibkhir, for we use it in our houses and in our graves. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Except Ibkhir. Chapter on the Prohibition of Carrying Weapons in Mecca When There Is No Need for That It was narrated that Jabir said, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, say, It is not permissible for anyone of you to carry a weapon in Mecca. Chapter on It is Permissible to Enter Mecca Without Ihram It was narrated from Yahya, and this is his wording. I said to Malik, Did Ibn Shihab narrate to you from Anas bin Malik that the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Mecca in the year of the conquest with a helmet on his head? And when he took it off, a man came to him and said, Ibn Khatol is clinging to the cover of the Kaaba. He said, Kill him. Malik said, Yes. It was narrated from Jabir bin Abdullah al-Ansari that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, entered Mecca. Qutaybah said, He entered on the day of the conquest of Mecca, wearing a black turban and not in ihram. It was narrated from Jabir bin Abdullah that the Prophet, peace be upon him, entered Mecca on the day of conquest, wearing a black turban. It was narrated from Jafar bin Amr bin Huraith from his father that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, addressed the people wearing a black turban. Jafar bin Amr bin Huraith narrated that his father said, It is as if I can see the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the mimbar, wearing a black turban, with its edges hanging between his shoulders. In this narration, Abu Bakr did not say, on the mimbar. Chapter on the virtue of Al-Madina and the Prophet's prayer for it to be blessed, its sanctity, and the sanctity of its game and trees, the boundaries of its sanctuary. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Zayd bin Raslim that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Prophet Ibrahim declared Mecca sacred and supplicated for its people, and I declared Al-Madina sacred as Ibrahim declared Mecca sacred, and I supplicated concerning its Sara and Mud, units of measurement. Twice the blessings Ibrahim supplicated for the people of Mecca. It was narrated from Amr bin Yahya al-Mazini with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3313. As for the hadith of Wuhayb, 
It is like the report of Ad-Darawardi, twice the supplication of Ibrahim. Peace and blessings be upon him. As for Sulaiman bin Bilal and Abdul Aziz bin Al-Mukhtar, in their report it says, like that for which Ibrahim supplicated. It was narrated that Rafir bin Khadij said, the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Ibrahim, peace and blessings be upon him, declared Makkah sacred, and I declare what is between the two lava fields sacred, meaning Al-Madina. It was narrated from Nafir bin Jubal that Marwan bin Al-Hakam addressed the people, and he mentioned Mecca and its people and its sanctity, but he did not mention Al-Madina and its people and its sanctity. Rafir bin Khadij called out to him and said, Why do I hear you mention Mecca and its people and its sanctity, but you do not mention Al-Madina and its people and its sanctity? When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, declared, what is between its two lava fields sacred? That is recorded with us on a piece of Khawlani leather. If you wish, I will read it to you. He said, Marwan remained silent. Then he said, I heard some of that. It was narrated that Jabir said, The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Prophet Ibrahim declared Mecca sacred, and I declare Al-Madina between the two lava fields to be sacred. Its thorny shrubs are not to be cut down, and its game is not to be hunted. Amir bin Sa'd narrated that his father said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I declare sacred what is between the two lava fields of Al-Madina, and I forbid cutting off its thorny shrubs or killing of its game. And he said, Al-Madina is better for them, if only they knew. No one leaves it out of dislike for it, but Allah will put someone better than him in his place. And no one stands firm despite its hardships and difficulties, but I will intercede for him or be a witness for him on the day of resurrection. Amir bin Sa'd bin Abi Waqas narrated from his father that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, then he mentioned a hadith like that of Ibn Numair, number 3318. And he added, No one intends ill towards the people of Al-Madina, but Allah will melt him in the fire like lead or like salt, dissolving in water. It was narrated from Amr bin Sa'd that Sa'd rode to his fortress in Al-Aqiq where he found a slave cutting down a tree or hitting it to make its leaves fall, and he stripped him for his belongings. When Sa'd came back, the owners of that slave came to him and asked him to return to their slave, or to them, what he had taken from him. He said, Allah forbid that I should return something that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, granted to me as booty. And he refused to return it to them. Anas bin Malik said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said to Abu Talha, Find me one of your boys, serve me. So Abu Talha took to me with him and made me sit behind him. And I served the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, every time he dismounted. And he said in the hadith, Then he came, and when he could see Uhud, he said, This mountain loves us, and we love it. When he came close to Al-Madina, he said, O oh Allah, I declare sacred what is between its two mountains. As Prophet Ibrahim, peace and blessings be upon him, declared Mecca sacred. O oh Allah, Bless them in their mud and sar.
A similar report, as number 3321, was narrated from Anas bin Malik, from the Prophet, peace be upon him, except that he said, I declare sacred what is between the two lava fields. Rasim said, I said to Anas bin Malik, Did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, declare al Madina sacred? He said, Yes. What is between such and such, and such and such? And whoever introduces any hadith, he said, Then he said to me, This is a serious matter. Whoever introduces any hadith in it, upon him be the curse of Allah, the angels, and all the people. And on the day of resurrection, Allah will not accept from him any sarf, nor adl. Ibn Anas said, Or anyone who grants refuge to muhaddith. Footnote Regarding and whoever introduces any hadath, meaning any evil or any innovation, be it in custom, practice, or religion. Footnote Regarding sarf and adl, they say that these two words mean the obligatory and voluntary, or the voluntary and the obligatory, or repentance and just behavior. Footnote Muhaddith is the one who does the hadath. Rasim al-Ahwal said, I asked Anas, did the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, declare al-Madina sacred? He said, yes, it is sacred and its grass is not to be cut. Whoever does that, upon him be the curse of Allah, the angels and all the people. It was narrated from Anas bin Malik that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Allah, Bless them in their weights and measures. Bless them in their sara. Bless them in their mud. It was narrated that Anas bin Malik said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Allah, give Al-Madina twice the blessings of Mecca. It was narrated from Ibrahim al-Ta'imi that his father said, Ali bin Abi Talib addressed us and said, Whoever claims that we have something that we recite apart from the Book of Allah and this Sahifa, a document that was hanging from the sheath of his sword, is lying. In it are the ages of camels and rulings concerning the compensation for injuries. And in it, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Al-Madina is sacred, the area between Ayr and Thawr. Whoever introduces any hadith or gives refuge to a muhadith, Upon him will be the curse of Allah, the angels and all the people. And on the day of resurrections, Allah will not accept any sarf nor adl from him. Protection granted by one Muslim is binding upon all of them and may be given by the humblest of them. Whoever claims to belong to someone other than his father or to belong to someone other than his mawla, upon him be the curse of Allah, the angels and all the people. And on the day of resurrection, Allah will not accept any sarf nor adl from him. The hadith of Abu Bakr and Zuhair ends with the words, and may be given by the humblest of them. And in their hadith, it does not mention hanging from the sheath of his sword. A hadith similar to that of Abu Quraib, number 3327, from Abu Mu'aviyah was narrated by Al-Armash until it ends with this chain and he added, The Prophet peace be upon him said, 
whoever breaks the covenant of a Muslim, upon him be the curse of Allah, the angels, and all the people. And on the day of resurrection, Allah will not accept any sarf nor adl from him. But in their hadith, it does not mention whoever claims to belong to anyone other than his father. And in the hadith of Waqir, it does not mention the day of resurrection. A hadith similar to that of Ibn Mushir and Waqir, number 3328, was narrated by Al-Armash with this chain, except the phrase, whoever claims to belong to someone other than his mawla, and the mention of the curse that is upon him. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Al-Madina is sacred, and whoever introduces any hadith in it or grants refuge to muhadith, upon him be the curse of Allah, the angels, and all the people. And on the day of resurrection, Allah will not accept any adl nor sarf from him. A similar report as number 3330 was narrated from Al-Armash with this chain but he did not say the day of resurrection. And he added, The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Protection granted by one Muslim is binding upon all of them and may be given by the humblest of them. Whoever breaks the covenant of a Muslim, upon him be the curse of Allah, the angels, and all the people. And on the day of resurrection, Allah will not accept any adl nor sarf from him. It was narrated that Abu Huraira used to say, if I saw gazelles grazing in Al-Madina, I would not disturb them. The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The area between its two lava fields is a sanctuary. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, declared what is between the two lava fields of Al-Madina sacred. Abu Huraira said, If I found gazelles between the two lava fields, I would not disturb them. And he made 12 miles around Al-Madina, a Hima, sanctuary. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that he said, when the people saw the first fruits of the season, they would bring them to Prophet, peace be upon him. And when the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, took them, he said, O Allah, bless us in our produce, bless us in our city, bless us in our sar, and bless us in our mud. O Allah, Ibrahim, peace and blessings be upon him, was your slave, your close friend, and your prophet, and I am your slave, and your prophet. He supplicated to you for Mecca, and I supplicate to you for Al-Madina. As he supplicated to you for Mecca, and the same again, then he would call the youngest child, and give him that fruit. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the seasons, the first fruit, would be brought to the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him, and he would say, O Allah, bless us in our city, and in our produce, and in our mud, and in our sara, blessing upon blessing, then he would give it to the youngest of the children present. Chapter on Encouragement to Live in Al-Madina and to Be Patient in Bearing Its Distress and Hardships It was narrated from Abu Sa'id the freed slave of Al-Mahri, that he experienced distress and hardship in Al-Madina. He came to Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri and said to him, I have many dependents and we are experiencing hardship. So I want to move my family to a rural area. Abu Sa'id said, Do not do that. 
stay in Al-Madinah, for we went out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. I think, he said, until we reached Rusfan, where he stayed for several nights. The people said, By Allah, we are not doing anything here, and our families are left behind with no protection. News of that reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, and he said, What is this that I have heard of what you are saying? I do not know how he said it. By the one by whom I swear, or by the one in whose hand is my soul, I was thinking, or, if you wish, I am not sure, which of them he said. I will order that my she-camel be prepared, and I would let her keep going until I come to Al-Madinah. And he said, O Allah, Ibrahim, peace and blessings be upon him, declared Mecca sacred and made it a sanctuary. I declare Al-Madinah sacred, the area between its two mountains, is a sanctuary. No blood is to be shed therein, and no weapons are to be carried for fighting, and the leaves are not to be shaken from its trees, except for fodder. O Allah, bless us in our city. O Allah, bless us in our Sa'a. O Allah, bless us in our Mud. O Allah, bless us in our Sa'a. O Allah, bless us in our Mud. O Allah, bless us in our city. To each blessing add two more. By the one in whose hand is my soul, there is no mountain pass, nor road around Al-Madinah. But there are two angels standing guard over it, until you return to it. Then he said to the people, Move on. So we moved on, and we came to Al-Madinah. By the one by whom we swear, or by whom oaths are sworn. Hamad, a narrator, was not sure. Hardly had we put down our saddles after entering Al-Madinah, but Banu Abdullah bin Ghathafan attacked us, and they had no reason to have attacked before that. It was narrated from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Allah, bless us in our mud and sar and to each blessing add two more. A similar report as number 3337 was narrated from Yahya bin Abi Kathir with this chain. It was narrated from Abu Sa'id, the freed slave of Al-Mahri, that he came to Abu Sa'id al-Khudri during the nights of Al-Harrah when he consulted him about leaving Al-Madinah, complaining to him about its prices and his large number of dependents and telling him that he could not bear the hardships and difficulties of Al-Madinah. He said to him, Woe to you! I do not advise you to do that. I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, No one bears its hardships with the patience and dies, but I will intercede for him, or I will be a witness for him, on the day of resurrection, if he is a Muslim. Abdul Rahman narrated from his father, Abu Sa'id, that he heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, I declare sacred what is between the two lava fields of Al-Madinah, as Prophet Ibrahim declared Mecca sacred. It was narrated that Sahal bin Hunayf said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, pointed with his hand towards Al-Madinah and said, It is a secure sanctuary.
It was narrated that Aisha said, We came to Al-Madinah, and it was filled with an epidemic. Abu Bakr fell sick, and Bilal fell sick. When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, saw that his companions were getting sick, he said, O Allah, make Al-Madinah dear to us, as you made Mecca dear, and more so, make it healthy, and bless us in its sa'ah and mud, and transfer its fever to Al-Jurfa. A similar report, as number 3342, was narrated from Hisham bin Urwa with this chain. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Whoever bears its Medina's hardship with patience, I will intercede for him, or will be a witness for him on the day of resurrection. It was narrated from Yohannes, the freed slave of Az-Zubayr, that he was sitting with Abdullah bin Umar during the fitna, turmoil, and a freed slave woman of his came to him and greeted him with salam. Then she said, I want to leave, O Abu Abdurrahman, for times are too hard for us. Abdullah said, Stay here, O foolish one. I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, No one bears its hardship and difficulties with patience, but I will be a witness, or will intercede for him on the day of resurrection. Footnote The word laka is used to show love and affection, and not its apparent meaning. His advice to her is one of what comes from a person of goodwill to the other. It was narrated that Abdullah bin Umar said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Whoever bears its Medina's hardship and difficulties with patience, I will be a witness for him, or will intercede for him on the day of resurrection, referring to Al-Madinah. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, No one of my ummah bears the hardship and distress of Al-Madinah with patience, but I will intercede for him on the day of resurrection, or I will bear witness. Abu Abdullah al-Qarraz said, I heard Abu Huraira say, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said a similar hadith as number 3347. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, No one bears the hardships of Al-Madina with patience. A similar hadith as number 3347. Chapter on Al-Madina is protected against the plague and the Dajjal entering it. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, On the roads leading to Al-Madina, there are angels, and neither the plague nor the Dajjal will enter it. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The Dajjal will come from the east, heading for Al-Madina, until he camps behind Uhud. Then the angels will turn his face towards Asham, and there he will perish. Chapter on Al-Madina eliminates its dross, and it is also called Flabah and Taybah. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, 
There will come a time when a man will call his paternal cousin and his relative, saying, Come to a life of ease, come to a life of ease. But Al-Madinah is better for them, if only they knew. By the one in whose hand is my soul, no one of them departs out of dislike for it. But Allah will replace him therein with one who is better than him. Verily, Al-Madinah is like a bellows. It eliminates dross. The hour will not begin until Al-Madinah eliminates its evil ones, as the bellows eliminate the impurities of iron. Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I have been enjoined to go to a town which supersedes other towns. They say, Yathrib, but it is Al-Madinah. It purifies people as the bellows eliminate the impurities of iron. It was narrated from Yahya bin Sa'id with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3353. And they, the narrators, said, as the bellows eliminate impurities, but they did not mention iron. It was narrated from Jabir bin Abdullah that a Bedouin pledged allegiance to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. Then the Bedouin suffered a severe fever in Al-Madinah. He came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, and said, O Muhammad, cancel my oath of allegiance. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, refused to do so. He came a second time and said, O Muhammad, cancel my oath of allegiance. But the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, refused to do so. Then he came to him a third time and said, Cancel my oath of allegiance. But he refused. Then he came to him another time and said, O Muhammad, cancel my oath of allegiance. But he refused. The Bedouin departed, left Al-Madinah. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Al-Madinah is like a bellows. It eliminates its impurities and purifies what is good. It was narrated from Zaid bin Thabit that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, It, meaning Al-Madinah, is Taiba, and it eliminates impurities as fire eliminates the impurities of silver. It was narrated that Jabir bin Samrah said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Allah, most high, called Al-Madina, Thaba. Chapter on the prohibition of wishing ill towards the people of Al-Madina, and that the one who wishes them ill will be caused to melt by Allah. It was narrated that Abu Abdullah al-Qarraz said, I bear witness that Abu Huraira said, Abu al-Qasim, peace be upon him, said, Whoever wishes ill towards the people of this city, meaning Al-Madina, Allah will cause him to melt like salt dissolving in water. Amr bin Yahya bin Amarah narrated that he heard Al-Qarraz, who was one of the companions of Abu Huraira, say, that he heard Abu Huraira say, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever wishes ill towards its people, meaning Al-Madinah, Allah will cause him to melt like salt, dissolving in water. A similar report, as number 3359, was narrated from Abu Abdullah al-Qarraz. He said that Abu Huraira heard it from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Dinar al-Qarraz said, I heard Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas say, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, 
Whoever wishes ill towards the people of Al-Madinah, Allah will cause him to melt like salt dissolving in water. It was narrated from Abu Abdullah Al-Qarraz that he heard Sa'ad bin Malik say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, A similar report as number 3361, except that he said, Whoever wishes a calamity or wishes ill to the people of Al-Madinah, it was narrated that Abu Abdullah al-Qarraz said, I heard Abu Huraira and Sa'ad say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, O Allah, bless the people of Al-Madinah in their mud. And he quoted the hadith, in which he said, Whoever wishes ill towards its people, Allah will melt him like salt dissolving in water. Chapter on Encouraging People to Stay in Al-Madinah When Their Regions Were Conquered it was narrated that Sufyan bin Abi Zuhair said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Asham will be conquered, and some people will go out from Al-Madinah with their families, driving their livestock. But Al-Madinah is better for them, if only they knew. Then Yemen will be conquered, and some people will go out from Al-Madinah with their families, driving their livestock. But Al-Madinah is better for them, if only they knew. Then Al-Iraq will be conquered, and some people will go out from Al-Madinah with their families, driving their livestock. But Al-Madinah is better for them, if only they knew. It was narrated that Sufyan bin Abi Zuhair said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Yemen will be conquered, and some people will come driving their livestock. They will bring their families and those who obey them. But Al-Madinah is better for them, if only they knew. Then Asham will be conquered, and some people will come, driving their livestock. They will bring their families and those who obey them. But Al-Madinah is better for them, if only they knew. Then Al-Iraq will be conquered, and some people will come, driving their livestock. They will bring their families and those who obey them. But Al-Madinah is better for them, if only they knew. Chapter on the Prophet, peace be upon him, foretold that the people will abandon Al-Madinah when it is the best it ever was. It was narrated from Sa'id bin Al-Musayyib that he heard Abu Huraira say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said of Al-Madinah, Its people will abandon it when it is the best it ever was, and it will be taken over by wild animals and birds. Muslim said, This Abu Safwan, one of the narrators, is Abdullah bin Abdul Malik, an orphan who lived under the care of Ibn Juraj for ten years. Sa'id bin al-Musayyib narrated that Abu Huraira said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, They will leave Al-Madinah when it is the best it ever was and nothing will live there but wild animals and birds. Then two shepherds will come from Muzaina, heading for Al-Madinah, tending their flocks, and they will find it desolate. Then when they reach Thaniyat al-Wadar, they will fall down on their faces. Chapter on the virtue of the area between the Prophet's grave and his member, and the virtue of the spot where his member is. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Zayd al-Mazini 
that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The area between my house and my member is one of the gardens of paradise. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Zayd al-Ansari that he heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, The area between my member and my house is one of the gardens of paradise. It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The area between my house and my member is one of the gardens of paradise, and my member is upon my cistern, Hawl. Chapter on the Virtue of Uhud It was narrated that Abu Humaid said, We set out with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the campaign of Tabuk, and he quoted the hadith, in which he said, Then we came to the valley of Al-Qura, and the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I am hastening, so whoever among you wants to, let him hasten with me, and whoever among you wants to, let him proceed slowly. Then we went out until we looked out over Al-Madina, and he said, This is Thaba, and this is Uhud. It is a mountain that loves us, and we love it. Anas bin Malik said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Uhud is a mountain that loves us, and we love it. It was narrated that Anas said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, looked towards Uhud and said, Uhud is a mountain that loves us, and we love it. Chapter on the Virtue of Praying in the Masjid of Mecca and Al-Madinah It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, One prayer in this masjid of mine is better than a thousand prayers anywhere else, except Al-Masjid Al-Haram. It was narrated that Abu Huraira said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, One prayer in this masjid of mine is better than a thousand prayers in any other masjid, except Al-Masjid Al-Haram. It was narrated from Abu Salama bin Abdul Rahman and Abu Abdullah Al-Aghar, the freed slave of Juhannijin, who were companions of Abu Huraira, that they heard Abu Huraira say, One prayer in the masjid of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, is better than a thousand prayers in any other masjid, except Al-Masjid Al-Haram. And the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, is the last of the prophets, and his masjid is the last of the masajid. Abu Salama and Abu Abdul Rahman said, We did not doubt that Abu Huraira was narrating the words of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. And this kept us from asking him for proof of that hadith. Then when Abu Huraira died, we discussed that and blamed one another for not speaking to Abu Huraira about that, so that he could have attributed it to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, if he heard it from him. While we were like that, Abdullah bin Ibrahim bin Qariz sat down with us and we told him this hadith and how we had neglected to ascertain whether Abu Huraira was narrating it directly from the Prophet, peace be upon him. Abdullah bin Ibrahim bin Qariz said to us, I bear witness that I heard Abu Huraira say, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I am the last of the Prophets, and my masjid is the last of the Masajid. Yahya bin Sa'id said, I asked Abu Salih, Did you hear Abu Huraira mention the virtue of praying in the masjid of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him? He said, No. But Abdullah bin Ibrahim bin Qariz told me that he heard Abu Huraira narrating 
that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, One prayer in this masjid of mine is better than a thousand prayers, or it is like a thousand prayers in any other masjid, unless it is al-masjid al-haram. It was narrated from Yahya bin Sa'id with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3377. It was narrated from Ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with them, that the Prophet peace be upon him said, One prayer in this masjid of mine is better than a thousand prayers offered anywhere else, except al-masjid al-haram. It was narrated from Ubadullah with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3379. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say something similar to hadith number 3379. A similar report as number 3379 was narrated from Ibn Umar, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated that Ibn Abbas said, A woman fell sick and said, If Allah heals me, I will certainly go and pray in Bayt al-Maqdis, Jerusalem. She recovered. Then she made preparations to set out. She came to Maimuna, the wife of the Prophet, peace be upon him, to greet her and told her about that. Maimuna said to her, Stay here and eat what you have prepared for the journey and pray in the masjid of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. For I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, One prayer therein is better than a thousand prayers offered in any other masjid, except the masjid of the Garba. Chapter on the Virtue of the Three Masajid It was narrated from Abu Huraira that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, no journey should be undertaken to visit any masjid but three. This masjid of mine, Al-Masjid Al-Haram, and Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. It was narrated from Al-Zuhri with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3384, except that he said, undertake journeys to visit three masajid. Abu Huraira narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Journeys should only be made to three masajid, the masjid of the Kaaba, my masjid, and the masjid of Elia, Jerusalem. Chapter on the masjid whose foundation was founded upon piety is the masjid of the Prophet, peace be upon him, in Al-Madinah. Abu Salama bin Abdul Rahman said, Abdul Rahman bin Abi Sa'id al-Khudri passed by me, and I said to him, what did your father say about the masjid whose foundation was laid upon piety? He said, My father said, I entered upon the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, in the house of one of his wives. And I said, O messenger of Allah, which of the two masajid is the masjid whose foundation was laid upon piety? He picked up a handful of pebbles. Then he threw them on the ground and said, It is this masjid of yours referring to the Masjid of Al-Madinah. I said, I bear witness that I heard your father saying that. A similar report, as number 3387, was narrated from Abu Sa'id, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. But Abdul Rahman bin Abi Sa'id is not mentioned in the chain.
Chapter on the Virtue of the Masjid of Quba and the Virtue of Praying Therein and Visiting It It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to visit Quba, riding and walking. It was narrated that Ibn Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to go to the Masjid of Quba, riding and walking, and pray to Raka'ah there. Abu Bakr said in this report, Ibn Numair said, and he would pray to Raka'ah there. It was narrated from Ibn Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to go to Quba, riding and walking. A hadith like that of Yahya al-Qattan, number 3391, was narrated from Nafir, from Ibn Umar, from the Prophet, peace be upon him. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to go to Quba, riding and walking. Abdullah bin Umar said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to go to Quba, riding and walking. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Dinar that Ibn Umar used to go to Quba every Saturday, and he used to say, I saw the Prophet, peace be upon him, going there every Saturday. It was narrated from Abdullah bin Umar that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to go to Quba, meaning every Saturday, he used to go riding and walking. Ibn Dinar said, and Ibn Umar used to do that. It was narrated from Ibn Dinar with this chain, a hadith similar to number 3396, but he did not mention every Saturday.